I know you stole the Codex, Jurel. Surrender it, and I'll let you live. This is a second chance for all of Krypton, not just the bloodlines you deem worthy. What have you done? We've had a child's on. A boy child. <laughs> So, fellas, um, we're here to talk about one um, movie of uh, various opinions, perhaps. I don't know. I'm excited. But mm-hmm. before we do that, I do want to talk about a movie that both of you have reverence for, which is the uh, the movie Monster Squad. Damn there straight. Austin flexing his, his Stephen King rule shirt. Did you know we were talking about this? Did Brett tell you that? He or did. You just he, happened to be wearing that. <laughs> he mentioned it. It wouldn't be too big of a stretch that I just happened to be wearing yeah. it because it is a a, uh, a common rotation shirt for me. Nice, mm-hmm, for sure. I've never gotten one, but I've always wanted one. Um, I have a friend who has one in blue, so that was unique. But uh, I do like the classic. You know, that's probably what I would get if I got one. The me wearing the yeah, I have to do. It's a very much Donatello flying scenario for me, where it's like <laughs> if it's you, different. Yeah, you, you're not getting a shirt like this if it doesn't look like this. Yeah, hell yeah, check those outtakes, people. Um, <laughs> but so uh, Stephen classically doesn't wear. Uh, graphic tees of any sort. He had one, um, and I think you might have mentioned it the last time mm-hmm. that uh, that Austin was on. But uh, can you can you quickly recount your your Star Wars shirt that you made when I was younger? Yeah. Uh, Wait, did you make a new one? Well, no, but like uh, the one I I like I didn't make it. I like tweaked it. Uh, oh yes, yes. At, at one point, that, okay, yeah. So I had a, mm-hmm. just a simple black with white writing, just Episode One shirt and then every time the new episode came out i just put a piece of tape <laughs> next to it you know to like extend it out and Dedication. i wore it for like all premieres right it was fun um but yeah I, I right now i think i have like three shirts with actual like writing on them um i have four of these like long sleeve t-shirts that i'm wearing currently like I, it's mostly gray that's why I'm like, oh, I'd love to get that shirt. And I have like I have links to buy the Stephen King rule shirt. And I'm like, but would I wear it? Because to me, it's like if I wear something with a with writing on it or a cool picture or whatever, um, that's just inviting people to talk to me. Right. And, uh, and I don't like that. <laughs> well, mostly so. for me, I, I've gone back and forth with graphic tees. Um, mm-hmm. Wore a lot when I was younger. Um probably right around the time of like the end of high school when I was really like darkly depressed I didn't wear that many similarly mm-hmm. for that reason Stephen where I was like you know what I don't want the world to interact with me mm-hmm. uh, I, so I, I'm going I'm to depressed turn... wait what this is weird <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> well after after I got help and those things uh-huh. went away yeah um, well one I, I started to develop like what I wanted to to wear and I wore some graphic tees, but I hadn't worn them for a really long time. But then for some reason here recently, I have gotten a shitload of T-shirts. Like, mm-hmm. coincidentally, um, this being one of them. Uh, but also generally, I'm just like, I want it to be black. Mm-hmm. I want I want to fade into the background. Don't look at me or my yeah. body. <laughs> but then, uh, I don't know, something changed. Maybe I got older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, go back and forth. There are ones I that did. I like, but yeah, uh, there are ones that I like. But um, sometimes I'm like, oh, that was nice to look at online, and then I just move on. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I got the enjoyment out of this that I wanted. Yeah. It was nice to look at. 
Um, but yeah, I guess more than t-shirt talk, though. Uh, yeah, Brent didn't grow up on on Monster Squad um, like I did. So uh, mm-hmm. whenever, yeah, it's it's nice to find guests that have have been fans of it like I have uh, for so many years. So yeah, I um, I saw it when I was really young, which I think would have me. I think it means that I I would have seen it because my dad had rented the VHS mm-hmm. and taped it. Um, because we had two VCRs. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, so he would rent stuff, and he found out that he could fit three movies, generally, onto one VHS. So he would... Smart man. Just cram movies on. We had, like, 200 and some VHS with three movies on all of them. Awesome. Which is why when I think about the movie Teen Wolf, <laughs> I, I immediately yeah. think about the movie Revenge of the Nerds. That's because awesome. Those were because mm-hmm. they were right, in a row, right in a row. That's the kind of shit I love, man. Like yeah. old tape movies that you like connect with something else randomly. That's great. Well, he he would also tape stuff off of HBO sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's why there's probably about like three minutes of the movie Willow that I hadn't seen for close to twenty years because I <laughs> mistakenly awesome. we were about to eat dinner and we were taping Willow off of HBO and I was like. Oh, we're about to meet. We're about to eat dinner. I don't want to miss anything, so I hit pause. Oh. And my my dad was like, "No, don't do that." <laughs> so, and it's literally like the the end of the film. Like Willow's fighting Bavmorda. Uh, he wins, and there's like three minutes of some other random shit on there. Oh man! Uh, because I hit pause, um, but I have the Blu-ray now, so. I am. Yeah, I, I have fixed my wounds. <laughs> um, but yeah, I saw Monster Squad when I was probably in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. I think it was my first time, which is also when I saw Big Trouble in Little China for the first time. Oh, um, also a great movie. Yeah, and I don't know. It scares me to think that those are the movies that will define you in your entire life. And mm-hmm. sometimes people say that, but legitimately, like. I still love the Monster Squad, and oh, I think it's so good. Big Trouble in Little China is one of the best action comedies that's ever been filmed. But mm-hmm. the Monster Squad, <clears throat> I, I just thought everyone in it was so cool. Um, and I stand by this today that the werewolf in the Monster Squad is the best on-screen werewolf that's ever been put on film. It's so good. I follow ever. the uh, Stan Winston like uh, school or whatever yeah. on Twitter, and they'll post old like <clears throat> behind the scenes making of things. And the other week they posted some behind the scenes of that werewolf, and it's so fucking cool. It's amazing. Uh, it's so good, and the effect like the uh, transformation effects. Uh, it's they fake. cut well, away and stuff, but it's so perfect. Like, well, dude, they they do it geniusly. Um, yeah, and lest anyone think I, I'm being facetious or, or sarcastic here i legitimately think they the this film is is filmed really interestingly in certain parts like it's obviously pretty straightforward in some cases but that scenes in particular where uh john grease who's who plays the mm-hmm. the werewolf um uncle rico from mm-hmm. uh, napoleon dynamite and yeah. uh he's in <laughs> uh, some seasons of lost as well oh, cool. um he uh, he's in a phone booth for anyone who hasn't seen it, and the camera's rotating around the phone booth. And when the edge of the phone booth comes into frame, that's when they cut and put the next stage of the werewolf mm-hmm. uh, makeup on him. And it's expertly done. As yep. a kid, like this dude was changed into a werewolf. It's one hundred percent real. Mm-hmm. And there's like spit, spit flying yeah. out of his mouth. It's 
Ooh, it's good. But also just the the sculpt of that werewolf mask, I think, really hit every note for me for what a werewolf should look like. It's yeah, yeah. a perfect synthesis of wolf and man, and you can quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he's because got the perfect ripped clothes. The ripped like clothes. That classic look, you know, but ugh, so, so good. When I was a kid... Um, my, my mom would make our Halloween costumes and my mom's an insanely talented person. She, she does a lot of crafts and she taught me how to knit and do stained glass and, and do a lot of stuff because she's really good at those things. Um, so she would always make us Halloween costumes and I wanted to be a werewolf because of big or of, uh, of monster squad. Mm-hmm. So mom, I kind of explained it to her. So she got me some, some old jeans and she cut a bunch of holes in them. She got me like an old like red checkered button up shirt. Did that cut some holes in those too? Mm-hmm. And then we found a Halloween mask of a werewolf at one of those like spirit Halloween stores, and it had this like black and white sort of wiry fur. And Mom went to a craft store and found some fake fur fabric that looked exactly like the the fur on the mask. So then she turned the clothes inside out, and then she sewed patches of that fur. Man, that's cool. On, on the inside of the holes, yeah. So it looked like I was bursting out of the, these clothes. It's still, to this day, the, the best Halloween costume I've ever had, and uh, I would never be able to even come close to, to doing something like she did. Yeah, she, right. had a, uh, the, she had a sewing machine. It was just amazing. And I looked, I looked real badass, guys. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I don't know if you could find a picture of that sometime, but uh, I, send, it, send it my way. Well, I was thinking, I was trying to th- think if there were pictures of that, but she also made us Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle costumes. Oh, sweet. And oh, I'm back in the conversation. <laughs> Hello. Brent, seriously, you would have shit your own head out, man, because <laughs> she bought, she, so she bought these, like, these huge pieces of foam fabric, and then she oh. hand-painted the the shell on them, oh my god! So she hand painted four giant pieces of, of foam uh, to look like a shell, and then she made our like turtle skin out of green felt, um, and then she painted our faces. Obviously, I was Michelangelo. Um, hmm. I remember we I we did the like little Halloween parade at, at school. It was, mm-hmm. I was I would have been a third or fourth grader, and. There was one other Ninja Turtle there. His name was Charles Nottingham, who also shit his pants in first grade. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to Charles. Fuck you, Charles. <laughs> um, Charles, I hope you got that fixed, bud. Yeah, I think he's probably okay. I don't know yeah. though. Um, got a leaky drip. But he had a turtle's costume, and <clears throat> it was. <laughs> I feel bad, I, Charles. If by some random chance you're listening, I apologize. Uh, but his turtle costume, he had. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking empty box <laughs> on his shoulders, and it was a, it was a big box too. Like, oh man, not realistic, right? Yeah, not yeah, realistic yeah. at all. Yeah, but seriously, it was like like a fucking refrigerator box, like this giant box on his shoulders, and and legitimate. Like my costume was was really awesome because my shell was shaped the way it should have been because mom mm-hmm. figured out how to like tie it down so it would be curved mm-hmm. i also had a batman costume at some point i 
My mom, imagine, yeah, she made the, she was great at making that stuff. I imagine Charles is like, I have a single dad. Uh, he made this at night, you know, like, he, yeah, right. I, he, I didn't tell him I even needed a costume until last night. He threw a box in my back, you know. Right. He did everything. <laughs> he, told <me> later, <laughs> he told me later that he did it uh, just so people wouldn't see that I've shit my pants. Uh, obviously, there's a smell issue. Dude. But we we're hoping it would funnel back oh, up God. through the... The neck of the box. So this is no shit. No pun intended. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, the teacher would have us walk by Charles. <laughs> she'd be like, to reverse crop dust him? No, she'd be like, will you, oh. will you walk by Charles and see if he needs to go to the bathroom? Like, Oh, boy. In first grade, literally, I can wow. remember my teacher being like, please walk by Charles and tell me if he needs help. And me being like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor kid. I mean, I'm. Again, Charles, if you're listening, I hope you're good. <laughs> yeah. But Monster Squad. Monster Squad. <laughs> Monster Squad. Fantastic film. Yeah. Um, some problematic dialogue that doesn't hold up as well in yeah. 2021 as it did in, uh, mm-hmm. in the 80s when mm-hmm. uh, people could say all kinds of crazy shit. Um, yeah. But Rudy, Ugh, one, of the, Rudy. one of the coolest characters ever. Um. I, I wanted to be Rudy. Monster yeah. Squad oh, yeah. was also actually one of the movies that, speaking of, of elementary school, um, my friend Josh Cavanaugh and I would regularly lie to each other that we were in mov- movies. Or <laughs> <laughs> he'd be like, have you seen this movie? And I'd be like, no, I haven't seen it. He's like, yeah, I'm in that one. <laughs> and I can remember, literally, I can remember where I was and everything. We were on the playground, monkey bars. And I was like, dude, have you seen the Monster Squad? He's like, no, what is that? And I'm like, I'm in that one. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I got lucky that that I saw this movie because I don't know that it was. It it took me a while too, Stephen, to to find someone else who had seen it, which is so weird now because it's this like cult film. Yeah, right. And Mm -hmm. and watching some of the special features on the DVD that I have, which, by the way, if anyone's out there, the Blu-ray is not really worth your time. Um, from my perspective, it, it yep. doesn't do a whole lot new and the transfer is not super great. Mm. Um, but the special features on the DVD where they, they're talking about this like weird subculture that they came into contact with years after the Monster Squad was released. Yeah, right. And just being blown away by it because it seems like a no brainer. Like it's this fun adventure movie with all of these different monsters in it. And. I mean, still, everyone, every actor that I can recognize from it to this day, like if I see Tom Noonan, the only thing mm-hmm. I think of is that he was Frankenstein's monster. Like, that's it. Yeah. And it was a, a really, really big movie for me as a kid. And I think yeah. a lot of the re- a lot of the stuff in it, the, the friendship, like their club that they have. Um, I think I saw myself or saw what I wanted to be in a lot of those characters. Yeah, um, for sure. Plus, it's just fun, you know, fighting monsters. Yeah, it's like everything. Uh, it's it's one of those 80s kids movies where like kids cuss and yep. um, they're just like real kids. Right. And they yep. it feels like they're your friends when you watch it. Um, it came out in 87. I, I was born in 85. I remember it. I, I don't remember a time without it. So like you, like I think I saw it kindergarten or earlier. Uh, it was just always around. Um, but the like you said, like the Wolfman holds up the gill man is fucking stellar oh dude uh, it's so good 
Frankenstein's monster is great. Um, Dracula still scares the shit out of me when he holds up Phoebe and he screams, you bitch, in her face. And it's like terrifying because she's like a, a real little girl. And it's all like very uh, like some of the effects are bad, like the the black hole tornado thing, yeah. you know, but it's like 80s good. Right. Like I still like it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny because I had grown up with it and thought everybody had seen it, um, I guess. And then I remember putting like a quote uh, about uh, Wolfman, Wolfman's got nards or whatever on like my, my myspace yeah and being like if anybody knows this i owe you a cookie and like it took years for someone to like finally say something um and he dissed the movie he was like gonna be shit and you owe me a cookie and i was like you don't get a cookie now yeah no um <laughs> taking that taking that offer back yeah. um unspoken but, rule. Uh, but yeah and then i grew up you know like you said like they they kind of realized this cult following leader they have this documentary about it wolfman's got nards that i haven't seen yet um <laughs> Uh, that's made by Andre Gower, who's uh, oh, is I don't I don't know that I've seen it. Yeah, I oh, don't you know, know that okay. I've even heard of it. Oh man, okay. So uh, I've seen him. I've met him twice now uh, at Alamo Draft Houses in Houston, um, and he's super cool. He's very short, um, but uh, he's super nice guy. He's very fa- like fan friendly. He'll wait for the entire line for hours and stuff. That's he's awesome. very cool. Uh, but one of the times I went uh, with a buddy of mine here in Houston. Um, they were filming for this uh, documentary and uh, he's he's in charge of it and um, they've been on the festival circuit I'm not sure with 2020 like whatever happened with the release I think it's finally out somewhere Um, it's the squaddoc.com is their their website for it but uh, uh, but I want to check it out so bad because they basically talked about it on stage in the interviews and stuff I've seen about it the clips from it they're like we didn't realize that like there were so many fans and then when they started doing like revival shows, I think it was Alamo Drafthouse um, years ago, like for an anniversary, um, a 20 anniversary or something like that, did uh, did something. And they were like, it, like it sold out like instantly. And they were like, holy shit, like this is like means something to people. And, uh, and it's been cool as an adult to kind of realize how uh, much it's affected so many of our, you know, group, our, our age group. So, yeah, I um I'm going to have to check that out. I don't know yeah, that I've sure. heard of that. I think uh, Andre Gower and I can't remember the name of the actor. He plays Rudy. They do a podcast together, I think. They do, yeah. I've listened to a little bit of it. Um, so that that's awesome. Um, it's weird uh, because I, I watch this movie pretty regularly, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So I've seen it very recently. Oh, nice. And, and a lot of the stuff that... I, you, It's one of those kids' movies where you can tell that they were making it for kids, but they were sort of in a Pixar-ish way putting these little adult touches throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a few scenes where Sean's parents are arguing in, yeah. in another room, um, and it's very real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sure. And there's another scene where, where Phoebe says, are you going to yell at him? And her mom thinks she's talking about her dad. Like, Mm -hmm. she thinks that she's referring to them fighting. And Phoebe's like, no, Sean, for trying to scare me. And it's this weird moment where you zoom in on a child's expectations and a parent's expectations and and their their view of their social lives as being completely different. Because for her, it's it's obvious that she would be talking about her husband. Like, yes, we're we're gonna fight, and she's gonna hear it. Um, so that's interesting. What, legitimately, the relationship between and I can't remember the names of the characters. Sean's dad, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. the the police officer and his partner. It it, it there oh, is yeah. so little of it on screen, but those performances <laughs> and the writing sell their relationship to the point where you feel like there's this history, like when you see the his partner get blown up by Dracula, <laughs> <laughs> which is a sentence. <laughs> But yeah, for sure. Like you feel no, it. He like yeah. You, you do, yeah. And Man. just their interactions where they're they're talking about the work and they're talking about the case and it's all fantastic. And then obviously the scene where the dude who lives on Shadowbrook Road or mm-hmm. not he doesn't live on Shadowbrook Road, but he's got Van Helsing's diary. As a kid it meant nothing to me that they showed that this guy had a tattoo. Mm-hmm. But obviously, the older I got, the more I was like, oh, shit, this dude was in a concentration camp. And those moments could be heavy-handed very easily. Yeah. But somehow this film, starring Dracula and every other (laughs) monster, in my opinion, handles that scene very well, where they, Mm -hmm. they, they showcase that this guy has a history and it brings a little bit more nuance to to what you're seeing and watching which is the monster squad (laughs) yeah it's funny because they really do put those moments in like i think it's the kids are leaving and they're like you sure do know a lot about monsters and he's like i i guess you could say i do and he closes the door and it's just his arm real quick yeah and it just kind of holds there for a second you see the tattoos and i didn't think anything of as a kid either no yeah Um, man nothing to me he's just scary old german guy that they talk about right but like um yeah it's it's uh there's a lot of touches in there i feel like movies today like i i've tried to watch kids movies now and my nephew's 14 so he's never seen the monster squad and uh i wanted to show him when he was like 13 think that that's like their ages in there or whatever but he's still right there i think he'd dig it he loves horror movies and stuff um but it's like movies that come out now i look at them and i i feel like they just don't trust kids like you said like with pixar movies and stuff are good good about that like putting adult things in there but they don't feel like they're necessarily for the adults watching it like you do with some like dirty jokes that are kind of snuck in subtly you know in some movies kids movies uh they feel like you're trusting the kids to be like you're going to be adults someday right these things are in the world and also to trust that kids are gonna cuss and be you know whatever um and i feel like 80s movies really kind of allowed that a lot more and i'm glad that i grew up with a lot of those films and monster squad was central to that for me um and i i, I that's why i kind of want him to see it and be like you know this is what quality is to me even though it might be silly or whatever i think he'll dig it but uh it'll be interesting yeah i would be interested in, to know what he what he thinks about it yeah I, I i think that's a great way to put it you know movies trusting kids to be smart enough to understand mm-hmm. parts of them but but maybe come back to them later because yeah like that like you said you know the the tattoo meant nothing to me as a kid until i learned about world war Two. um but the entire film didn't hinge upon my understanding of it. Totally. And still doesn't. I mean, it's, it's such a small part. They realistically could have easily cut it, and it would have mm-hmm. had no effect on, on the movie. Um, other than, you know, maybe making that character a little bit more nuanced. But even that, like, that decision to, to keep that part in the film and, and show this guy had, had been in a concentration camp, like... Movie, I, I feel like there are a lot of kids' movies now, or, or just movies in general, where people have 
consumed so much media and gotten so many theories and, and ideas given to them about what storytelling is and, and all that stuff's great. But that like that specific thing doesn't forward the plot of the film at all. Mm-hmm. But it is still important because it makes the movie better, in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Because it gives it this even just a little bit more depth. Um, because they could have so easily had them just be like, hey, thanks, man, and then leave. Yeah. And, and then that's the that's the scene. But uh, they didn't because the movie's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, maybe in light of the movie we're going to be reviewing today, um, if they were to re- reboot this, which they had talked about from Platinum Dunes, the... Um, I'm thinking Jerry Bruckheimer, but um, Michael, Bay. Michael Bay's, yeah, stuff, mm-hmm. right, who did a lot of, like, the horror remakes and stuff. They had talked about that, and I feel like now they would do that, but it would be heavy-handed, and they right. would, like, show that, and they would zoom into it, and then it would show him getting his tattoo as a kid, and then Flashback, he's next yep. to Stan Helsing, or Van Helsing. He, yep. He's, like, a, a descendant or whatever, you know? Like, they would make it, like, a bigger plot point, and, like, they're like, well, if we're going to show that, that's great, but, like, let's, let's expand, let's see his backstory. And it's like, you don't need any of that. Like, nope. Keep it simple or, you know, I don't even feel like they would necessarily cut it out. They uh, they might because it wouldn't forward the plot, but they might just do way more than they need to, you know. Right. And turn it into a two and a half hour movie. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you guys, like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are we doing this? Yeah. So I, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it's great. Uh, I'm not a... I'm not like a really against reboots. I, I feel like lots of stories have been told over and over again over time. Sure. Like nobody's complained about, you know, Robin Hood being retold, retold until maybe they just got sick of it or whatever. But like that's how stories are done, you know. Um, but sometimes I'm like, I like to see the uh, the time capsule of what it was and uh, and the feelings I had when I watched it at that time. You know, there are literally two movies that I have had absolute visceral reactions to. Uh, news that they will be rebooted. Mm. One of the one of them is the Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the other one is Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, the, yeah. Those two movies, I like. I understand. the The older I get, the more nuance I'm able to to have in my head regarding mm. that thing. Stephen, you know, stories being retold, a, a new generation experiencing it. Those two movies, I'm just like, no, fuck, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> you do not need yeah. to do that. Yeah. If you want a new generation to experience them, show them the original film. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm i okay with admitting that that's a wrong feeling for me to have. <laughs> <laughs> you hold them too dearly. I, they just, I, I feel like they, they are just so good. Yeah. And I don't know the the idea of trying to redo that. It, that's that's the part where remakes and reboots become sort of strange to me because if if you love the movie Big Trouble in Little China and you're like I want to do that, the idea of being like I'm going to make Big Trouble in Little China again instead of being like I want to use the things that Big Trouble in Little China gave me that I have developed over all of these years and make something in the spirit of that mm-hmm. and not necessarily have to call it Big Trouble in Little China um, and, and but just be like 
I think you like you can tell that Big Trouble in Little China was a, an influence on this. Monster Squad was a huge influence on this. Instead of being like, this is the Monster Squad for 2021. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like, I, that time capsule thing that you said is a big deal to me. And, and mm-hmm. watching some of those movies, like, watching, um, I was watching a, what movie was it? It's not Scanners, Videodrome. Mm-hmm. So I was watching Videodrome, like, last year. It's my favorite, um film of his his name just rocketed out of my head um yeah no, I'll look vincent d'onofrio vincent d'onofrio oh hey mm-hmm. brent i forgot you were here <laughs> oh hi hey, hey, brent. i woke up <laughs> no um cronenberg <clears throat> yeah yeah um and that movie that was close. being a a time capsule of like this filthy 80s mm. and like a, a New York, like the seeing those movies where it's like the filthy version of New York that doesn't really exist anymore, you know, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And some of those things like playing a huge part in, into what the movie was and, and became like movies like Return of the Living Dead, where it's like this time capsule mm-hmm. of a weird period and the Monster Squad and Big Troll in Little China are very much that to me. So the idea of being like, we're going to shoot it on a Sony Red. It's going to be streaming. <laughs> the kids are yeah. going to have cell phone. I don't know. It's <clears throat> yeah. There's an aspect of it, it where I'm just work. like, you're going to ruin it. Yeah. You just, there's like no trust there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But um, also, I, I'm a famous baby. <laughs> You're on the Gerber label, if I remember correctly. I, I was a famous Shot baby. last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> a, a very, uh, a very whiny baby when it comes to the stuff that I love. So, I mean, I think that's good. You have passion about it. Uh, yeah. We all do with these with these things, and it's hard for it's hard for me to imagine uh, like a Monster Squad reboot uh, yeah. or remake of any kind, but. Um, but I also like I, I would try to give it uh, a shot if it came out. But I would I would be so hesitant, you know. Um, and See, I'm thinking Platinum Dunes did the um, Team uh, Ninja Turtles reboots, right? Wasn't I believe them? so. Yeah, it's like yeah. that. Like I I, I didn't I, I still haven't seen those. But I'm like I, I hold those originals so highly in my head, right? Uh, especially the the first one now, but uh, the second one is also great and. The new ones, I'm just like, well, it just doesn't. It's not going to scratch that itch for me at all. But if someone else enjoys it, I'm okay with that. But see, that's the, so. How did that work out for you, Brent? Those re, those new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I went to see them both in theaters, of course, like opening weekend. And as I was doing it, I was like, this isn't going to be good. But I'm, <laughs> I love, I love me some turtles, you right. know, just like any turtles I can get. So uh, I suffered through it knowing like eventually this is going to not work and they're going to reboot it. Right. And that's that's what we're getting with. Uh, uh, was it uh, Seth? Seth Goldberg. Is that right? Seth? Evan, Seth, Evan wait, Goldberg. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Note that for editing. Okay. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> that up at all. Uh, what's their production company's name? Pl- Bad point. Robot. Point. Oh, okay. Point yeah. Gray. God. Another edit point. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I'm looking forward to their version of it. Hopefully, it's a little more faithful to uh, the uh, the like head cannon that I've created for myself. Well, see, I for like that. Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg seem like 
fans. Yeah. Yeah. Like instead of someone coming to me and being like, hey, you know who's going to make the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Michael Bay. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I. okay. It doesn't track in my in my in my meat, my meat brain space. (laughs) But someone being like Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen, who most likely grew up fans of those things. For sure. And if they didn't, they're far better writers than Michael Bay is, if he's ever written anything. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Transformers the last night? Because there's some interesting <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah. I, I've seen exactly one Transformers movie, and it is the only one I'll ever watch, as long as Michael Bay is involved. It's <laughs> not for me. Um, yep. But yeah, no. Hey, Bumblebee is pretty good. Is it? Yeah. I've heard people like that one, and... Um, mm-hmm. I guess there was other one other Transformers movie that I, I thought people liked. Maybe the very first one. That's the only one I've seen. Yeah. Um, no, I think I, I've I've so far avoided those situations, Brent, where it's like mm-hmm. I know this is going to be bad. Yeah, but only for for stuff that I know I'm insanely passionate about. Like I haven't seen a single second of the Lock and Key TV show because I know it's not going to do what I what I want it to. <laughs> yeah, because that comic means so much to me. Mm-hmm. that I know that I'm going in biased and, and I cannot yes. get rid of it. Um, similarly with the Umbrella Academy TV show, mm-hmm. I have yet to even try because I love, I, I adore those comics so much mm-hmm. that the idea of the show succeeding in the way that the comic did, I know it's going to be different, but that there's that part of my brain that's like, there's so much other stuff that I want to watch that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why should I start with this thing that I'm just like, oh, yeah, good luck, suckers. Let's see if you can do it. That just mm-hmm. seems like a a bad way for me to go into it. So rather than rather than doing it, I'll watch The Queen's Gambit, which I, re- <laughs> which I recommend. Yeah, there you go. I, uh, I started watching the first like two or three episodes of Lock and Key, and I was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't for me. Oh, like, I know people like it and like, hey, you know what, if that's what gets you into the comics or whatever, then have fun. Yeah. Uh, but for the Umbrella Academy, I I have some interest in it. I just haven't watched it yet. But Stephen watched. Yeah. You've seen both seasons, I love right? That show. Yeah. yeah. And you actually went back and started reading some of the comics. I have. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, I came into it the other way, though, right? I heard about the show, Mm -hmm. and I knew it was from a comic and stuff. But um, the first season took me a little bit to get into. um, But then once it ended, I was like, oh, that was really cool. The second season, I ended up really liking a whole lot. Um, And just the way the... I like the the actors and the characters and stuff um, But uh, that they got for it. But um, yeah, that'd be so interesting. Like, with Lock and Key, I had heard about that show. And again, I knew it was a comic book. But I had been thinking about watching the show, and now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stick with these guys. I'm going to read that comic book instead. Well, the, the thing you said earlier, Stephen, like if, if, if it's the thing that gets someone into it and, and, and if, if they happen to remake the monster squad or remake big trouble in little China and someone, you know, watches them and enjoys it. And then they're like, Oh, I should check out the original. And then they're like, Oh, the original is amazing too. Though. I would never, ever want to take those things away from someone. And like it is all my neuroses and yeah, yeah. my own problem of of not being able to turn certain parts of of my brain to understand like with the umbrella academy i'm in a book club and most of the uh other people in the book club adore the umbrella academy tv show 
Mm-hmm. And they hadn't read the comics. They they heard about the show first, so they they watched the show, and I told them the same thing. Like, you know what, the comics mean so much to me. I don't know that I can that I can do it. And some of them have read the comics since, and they thought they were okay. And I was like, what? The comics are amazing. <laughs> but it's obviously that doesn't devalue their experience any, and doesn't change what I feel about the comics. And yeah. Uh, because I know a lot of the stuff that they love and I, you know, other people who have loved the show of those two shows, lock and key and, and umbrella Academy, umbrella Academy is the one that will have a higher chance of me watching. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to watch the lock and key show. Um, and not out of like principle. I, I just know it's not going to be for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. based on reviews and some clips and, and just yeah. other people. But like, potentially Umbrella Academy could be for me. It, I would just have to to get to a point where I'm like, I, I guess I'll try this. There's just so much else going on, yeah. So much <laughs> else to watch and whatever. There's a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm currently on season five of the X Files, so yeah, a lot of stuff going well, okay. on. Um, I had been rewatching the X Files um, during last year as well. Um, I made it up through whenever Mulder left the show. Uh, basically, and I'd never watched that show religiously. I just had seen it a bunch of the episodes and stuff. Um, I was really there for like the main alien storyline and stuff, uh, the overarching thing. And once that kind of ended, and then he left, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like I might revisit it. I want to see the new seasons as well and see how they are. But um, and I'll get back to like the Robert Patrick one and stuff. But uh, Mulder was such a big part of that show. It's hard to hard to do it. It's um. It's one of my favorite shows uh, mm-hmm. of all time, and it's so good. That's one of the reasons why it hurts me so often, <laughs> because <laughs> there are episodes that are pure trash. Um, but I just I love Mulder and Scully, yeah, so much um, that it's hard for me to to. To get past that, like the the show literally will suck sometimes so badly where I'm just like, oh my god, I can't believe you guys aired this. But I love those characters so much that I, I it, the show just has such a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the very first widescreen VHS I ever bought was the first X Files movie. Oh wow, yeah. a fancy VHS. <laughs> bought that at uh, Suncoast Video, for probably yeah. for like forty five dollars. Like yeah, right. A ridiculous yeah. amount. First widescreen VHS. So that movie was a, a big deal to me, and and that's the the bridge between season five and season six. That's oh, okay, when that yeah. movie came out. So we're getting close to watching that movie. Yeah, I rewatched that in my uh, rewatch of the show, and I hadn't seen it since it came out. And uh, that movie holds up. Yeah, I'm. That I'm pretty ex- good. I'm pretty excited <laughs> about seeing it again. Yeah. Um, so I saw it in the theater when it came out, and then obviously got that VHS, and that was the thing that sort of defined my relationship with the X Files for uh, for mm-hmm. a lot of years. Um, so I, I'm pretty pumped about rewatching it. We just watched uh, the. The Modern Prometheus episode last night, season five, uh, starring the great Mutado. It's black and white uh-huh, episode, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. directed, written and directed by Chris Carter. is is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on this rewatch, I had tried before to get through it, and I really wanted to watch the main alien plotline, like I said. So I had yeah. skipped a lot of the Monster of the Week episodes, but then I felt like I was missing out on some stuff probably. So when I rewatched it last year, 
I basically just had the rule that I wasn't rewatching everything. If I wasn't into it, I could skip it. And so if, if I was, I watched like 15 minutes of it and I was like, I'm not really feeling this episode if it's not good. I would just move on. And it helped me because before I just ended up stopping in like season three. Yeah. And then now I made it through all of, you know, Mulder's original arc and everything. So um, it helped me like the show more uh, than I had tried before, I guess. You know? See, for, yeah, for uh, I'm watching with my girlfriend, Andrea. Um, we have two rules. We will skip no episodes and we will skip none of the intro. So I've watched that oh, intro wow. <laughs> every time that they've shown nice. it. It's um, a good song, man. That's still that is, I like yeah. That thing, and, that and we've watched some some real some real bullshit. Uh, yeah, that they that they <laughs> that they wrote and filmed. Um, I, I I love it so much. Um, and season five is that's. Season four and five is right around the time where they were like, oh, my God, this is a Monster of the Week episode. But we need to sprinkle some some characterization from the the wider story arc in here, Mm. because seasons like one through three, they don't even give a shit. It's like, oh, maybe Scully has cancer, but we're not going to talk about that at all during this episode where there's a fucking alligator bicycle running wild (laughs) through town. Made that up. That's an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but you can literally the, just make shit up and be like, that could be an X Files episode. Oh, seriously. Yep. Yeah. Um, they get pretty speaking wild. Speaking of, I have a. I bought this, um, this X Files compilation. It's a mm. bunch of short stories that IDW put out. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. Um, and it's got like actual, like actual published writers in it, which is. Apologies to everyone. <laughs> in this court. I mean, people like Kelly Armstrong and David Liss and um, some some big names that you know publish fiction pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. But then I also bought um, Ben Mesrick. So he wrote mm-hmm. the the book that the Social Network's based on. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he like, wrote that name. an X Files novel called Skin. Crazy. Which I also bought. Um, anyway, I. Some He's sort of just, box set behind you as well. It looks that like. is that's the entire X Files yeah. uh, series on Blu-ray. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't place this this shit here. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> literally, <laughs> By the way. literally just sitting here. <laughs> yeah, but it's cool. I've been uh, you've been tweeting about. Um, well, I, I think I haven't seen it in a while. I don't know if that's not showing up in my feed, but you were tweeting no. about uh, a lot of the episodes. I took a break um, from writing about the episodes uh, for one reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because I'm in season two because I've been watching every episode and then writing about every episode. Um, mm, that's right. Yeah. But Andrea and I, she's my girlfriend. We our watch schedule got ahead of my writing schedule. So essentially what ends up happening is I watch every episode twice mm-hmm. because I can't write about it and watch it if I haven't seen it already. Mm-hmm. So I have to rewatch it. Um and I got to season, I think it's two. Yeah, it is two. Um, spoiler alert, where Scully gets abducted. Um, and I hate those episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot. They have uh, an actor named Steve Railsback in them. Mm-hmm. And he's horrible. <laughs> uh, he's real bad. And oh, his, yeah, yeah. I remember him. His main form of acting is to yell. Mm, That's it. Sweet. He's in a movie in the 80s called Life Force. Yeah. 
somehow they cast him as the lead. Um, the movie's bad anyway. <laughs> I, I still enjoy watching it because of the, yeah, but mm-hmm. because it's an 80s sci-fi movie and it's, but his performance is so atrocious that it, it's really hard to take it serious when you're supposed to. And he's in these episodes of the X-Files and they're just like, yeah, remember what you did in Life Force? Do it again, man. Just, <laughs> That's what we just hired you. start yelling. <laughs> and uh, it's awful. So I've paused because I hate those episodes so much, but I'm yeah. still planning on doing all of the blogging. Man, yeah, that's a uh, dedication for sure. Um, it's going to be a, a long-term project. Yeah, that's cool, though. Yeah, I I liked whatever you uh, you had tweeted or something like that, so I saw it at first that you were rewatching him. And I was like, oh, that's rad, because I had just done that, too. So you were saying stuff like a, a few months after I had just seen them. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, and that was that was cool. But, um, yeah, it's been... Uh, it was. It's a really good show. I, I want to get back into it. I still need to see the second movie, which I hear is not as good. Right. I don't remember. I haven't seen it since it came out either. Um, but um, I think it fell after the episodes that I was watching or something. Um, so I might get back into that again. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a really good show, and, and Mulder and Scully are just fantastic characters. They are so. iconic. Two yeah. two iconic characters that made a big mark on sci-fi. Well, uh, yeah, Stephen. Oh, yeah. You know what time it is? Uh, yeah. Do you guys want to actually record a podcast? Should we, but, should yeah, we get into it? and start the show? <laughs> nah, who cares? <laughs> Austin's out. <laughs> He's like, I, I did what I came here to do. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're doing it. I'm Stephen. I'm Brent. I'm Austin. Oh, yeah. You know what? We should probably like warn people about that because we, we automatically just nope. kind of like wait. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. Yeah. Speak, boy, It'll speak. I caught up. Yeah. I caught on. Welcome to Let's Talk About Stuff. Uh, today we are here to discuss uh, the 40 minutes of stuff you already just heard, um, plus like 17 minutes of outtakes. Look, it's all gold. Yeah. yeah. Um, but today, specifically, we're talking about Man of Steel, the kickoff to the DCEU. Um, and Austin, I told you via text that uh, we've made the poor decision, Stephen and I, to watch slash rewatch some of these well all of these movies really um we did a a uh, a rewatch of all the marvel movies um leading up to um well all of them or whatever right yeah because we started the podcast in 2017 and um yeah we did uh, an episode on each one of them i think we doubled up on a couple of them or whatever there's a lot but of we them. had fun we had fun doing that even though it was like a little bit exhausting to do that week to week um I'm, slight spoilers for the conversation. Um, the DC uh, EU movie is not fun. Yeah. Not just not not fun. Uh, very uh, cumbersome and uh, tedious to watch at uh, at times. Uh, and those times are all of it. Um, <laughs> so we we can't possibly do this like every week. Like I, we just we need a break. But uh, when we decided to do this, uh, I thought you know what it'd be good to have a guest on for most if not all of these episodes and for whatever reason Austin you popped in my brain as the person to uh, suffer through this with us uh, so thank you for your service yeah, absolutely and uh, well I've got a purple heart in the mail to you, thank you. Uh, whenever it arrives just leave it on your doorstep for two weeks I, and then it'll be fine I appreciate um, it I just like to cough on things I don't know yeah so um, I I know that you've got uh, just from like doing your uh, uh, your former podcast hideous energy uh, my favorite podcast of all time uh, I remember uh, when this movie came out that 
you and David discussed it. I don't remember like how in depth you got, but um, I remember you thinking that the end of this movie was interesting. But you also have some reverence for Superman as a character as well. <laughs> so I wanted to get into that with you. And then Stephen, you had watched a separate Superman movie as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can discuss all of these things before we get into the main movie discussion itself. So um, Austin, can you talk a little bit about uh, how you feel about Superman as a character? Uh, yeah, we go. absolutely. Um, yeah. If I had to put it succinctly, uh-huh. Superman is a bullshit character for babies. If I had to really, if I had to really just logline it. Um, no, the 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 truth is, there there was a time when I liked Superman. Um, okay. I that is that is no longer now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it's 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 not impossible to make him interesting, but I think because of the anchors that people tie around their 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 legs when they're trying to write Superman, because he has to be the big blue Boy Scout and he has to be this shining example of good. That that's why the the only interesting thing that happens in this film is when Superman kills Zod, literally it, because that gives him a depth that he is not allowed to have normally, and anyone arguing against that is normally going to say, but that's why he's interesting is because no one is just good, and he is, and and that. That's not interesting to me mm-hmm. because there are just so many more ways to take the story of this alien who arrives on Earth, um, essentially is adopted into the, the human race. I, I mean, for instance, the, the idea that he comes to Earth but is somehow not affected by living amongst these fucking animals <laughs> that humans are <laughs> and... The idea that he grows up and is instilled with the idea of who God is or what a God is and somehow is like, you know what, I'm just going to take care of people. But And this is the thing that I always reference on, on Hideous Energy or, or when I end up talking about Superman in general. He's, he lets people die every second of the day. Like... If he's as powerful as we've been shown multiple times, and even in this film, that he can hear things all over the planet and see things, he's actively making the decision to not save people, which is so much more interesting to me than just watching him save people, because having to make that decision about when you can save or can't save someone or or what you're willing to do like that sounds almost like what they tried to do in this movie where he watches his dad die mm. but it's it's just handled so poorly that it betrays the idea of superman committing himself to watching people die or listening mm-hmm. to people die because if he's in metropolis it doesn't matter what time of day it is or if he's in gotham city or or flying around like he is going to be hearing people getting killed, killing themselves, b- burning to death, like all of these things, because because he's constantly like 
he would have those things in his head. And so for, to have him not doing those things is interesting, but it's never broached, or at least it hasn't been in a Superman story that I've seen. And the idea that he would be like, okay, if, I, if I'm going to live amongst humanity and I'm going to commit myself to, to saving them, I just think it, it it seems like he would eventually arrive at the point where he would be like, I can't be a human. I can't. So I have to reject that. And I have to be just this force of nature, basically, like where he's just constantly saving people and and not living as a human. But we're never shown that in a Ooh. Superman movie. Um, and I know it's kind of a bullshit um, exercise to be like I didn't like this because it didn't do what I wanted it to do but I fully embrace that that's how I think about Superman <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's not even why this movie's bad no I've got a whole host of reasons why this movie's bad <laughs> right yeah go ahead um, but Superman it, it's just they they made this character as powerful as possible and at one point, I feel like that was interesting to the, to the larger, to culture at large, whether mm. that's just within the United States or, or just within the world. But I feel like because of the way the world has developed and other superheroes have developed, which you cannot argue haven't been influenced by Superman because obviously he's one of the very first. Just the, the way the, the concept of the superhero and that story, you know, this power myth the way those things have developed within the world, the idea of Superman being nothing but good has, I think, rusted and become less and less interesting. And for me, almost completely without uh, pull for me to, to, to be entertained by it. Interesting. Interesting take from Austin Wilson. Thank you. We'll go over to Stephen Fisher now. To talk about the other movie you watched. What did you watch, Stephen? I watched Superman the movie, the, uh, okay. the original Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner movie. Um, basically, I haven't seen those in so long. Um, and I mentioned to Brent, specifically Austin, I was curious if you uh, ever watched Supergirl, because I used to have a huge crush on Helen Slater. Um, but I don't, know if you, I don't know if you ever remember that movie. It's 1984. I have not seen it. Oh, man. So this is what I'm really excited to get to. Um, and it was really weird. Um, for one, I wish I would have been able to watch Superman 2 before this podcast as well, because that's the real like Zod storyline. But yeah. this kind of melds both of those movies together. Like it has like the flashbacks to when he's a kid. Superman obviously being on Krypton and being sent here and stuff. Um, but it has like Lex Luthor and the original Superman in the movie. Um, but it's uh, it's funny rewatching that one after this one because this one's goofy, but that one's goofy for a different reason. You know, like it's like seventies, late seventies, goofy, and it it also made me think that um, we had talked about like Wonder Woman eighty four. Was like a lot of people had like mentioned it kind of has like a Superman, like a Dawn or Superman vibe or whatever. And I just feel like that just doesn't work anymore. Um, like you said, like the way the world is developed, you know, especially since Superman was first introduced, like in the thirties, right? right? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. 38 it really fucking changed. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, it was, it was really, some of the things were so stupid in the, in the 78 Superman movie that I was like, I would never let them get away with that now. But I was like, 
fine with it watching it even though it was kind of dumb uh, but it also had some really gorgeous cinematography there was like a moment where he has to like leave his house um and uh like a paw kent has died and it's like a sad scene or whatever it's a lot more subtle because he just has a heart attack in the middle of like their like next to their barn and then ma kent uh like finally like uh has to like say goodbye to to clark and it's like this it looks like gone with the wind it's like this beautiful like sunrise like on a field and uh, like in a field like on this hill and everything it's like really pretty um so that surprised me about how good it could look i guess uh, especially after the bombastic movie of Man of Steel. Oh boy, uh, so different, right? Like um, again, they just they took simple concepts and really like changed them up. But I've never I, I liked those Superman movies growing up. I haven't really watched them since then. I I was way more into the X Men uh, and Spider Man growing up, and then now and and Batman uh, also like the the Keaton Batman movies and stuff. Um, but then. Over time, like Brent and I have talked about, like sometimes it's hard for me to revisit the Keaton Batman movies whenever I've seen like the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's hard for us to like revisit some of the like Tobey Maguire Spider Man movies now that the MCU is here. Like over time, like they kind of lose their luster, and the Superman movie for me this time was definitely that, and and his character as well. Like I agree with you that it's just he's just not as interesting. Um, I did want to say though, uh, your point of him having to drop humanity basically like he can't be a human uh regular person he has to just be like this force that's so interesting to me because it makes me think of the spider-man storyline of him like dropping spider-man and like rejecting that and like just wanting to be a normal person and i haven't at least thought of it or seen that kind of story the other way where they have to drop the humanity and become the the force or whatever like batman sort of talks about that as like a symbol or whatever you know but it's a totally different light uh, so that, that really made me think. Um, but yeah, he's Man of Steel felt like they tried to make uh, a really bright Boy Scout, uh, bright light Boy Scout sort of character into this darker thing. And it just really does not mesh. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm also excited, though, I want to say to revisit Superman Returns because I actually was a fan of that when it came out. I know a lot of people aren't. Um, and I'm like, maybe I'll hate it now, but maybe it'll be like my favorite out of all of these just because they're not all that great. And maybe that'll be the one that I like. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. interesting take by Stephen Fisher. Um, so, uh, my, my, uh, reverence for Superman and I nailed it. You know, when I, Austin, when I said you have reverence for Superman, I fucking nailed it. Yeah. I think <laughs> yeah. not at all critical, uh, of him as a character, but, um, like, I didn't really care for Superman for a long time until, like, the last, I don't know, five or so years, maybe? Yeah. Um, and now I really like the character, and actually for the opposite reason of what you said, Austin. Like, my my whole thing with Superman is, like, he's just a good dude. Like, yeah. you know, it doesn't really have to be more complicated than that for me, anyway. Yeah. He's just, like, a, a good guy who, like, does the right thing because, like, that's just who he is as a person. Not that Man of Steel does anything to show us that, even though they just, like, they they try to get there, but it, it just doesn't, like, where does this come from, you know? Like you said, the, the shit with Pa Kent in this movie, it's just, like, I, I, I don't I don't understand the leap in logic or, or whatever there, but... Um, I, I like him as a character, and like I, I kind of read him intermittently, depending on who the creative team is on the the comics or whatever. Yeah, uh, I really like the Benda stuff starting out, but I just didn't like keep up with it. But um, I do want to go back to it. Um, so should we just like 
talk about the the movie this this dumb movie that we're here uh. to commiserate about this movie produced by Warner Brothers that is leaving their own streaming service on the 30 or after the 31st of this month hey good planning there guys yep you did it really you thought it, it through <laughs> yeah I am gonna laugh so hard if it shows up on Disney plus on February oh, Seriously. Man, that'd, be that'd be so delightful to me For, um okay I want to try and it's where to begin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, let, let me say, let me say the uh, the screenplay was by David S. Goyer and Christopher Nolan. So, as much as we like Christopher Nolan, for no, 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 at least the first couple of Batman movies. The story was by Christopher Nolan and David S. Goyer. Goyer. The screenplay was by David S. Goyer. Okay, I've, I flipped that around. I, you know, I can't read. Oh, so that's I don't true. Know well, I the only reason I bring that yeah. up is because that's why the movie's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Because okay. Chris Nolan is not a part of that, or because David Be- Goyer wrote it all? <laughs> because David Goyer wrote the script. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to remember like, his, well, his, what he's done. I know his name, and I always forget like what he's been a part of, because it's been well, a lot of things. I'll, he did like Blade 2. Blade Trinity. I think he did Blade... Oof, yeah, bad. he directed Blade Trinity. He directed right? Blade Trinity, which is a piece of shit. Yeah, it, it is. It's horrible. Yeah. But I thought he wrote. Didn't he write he, Blade Two though? He wrote which I blade. remember liking. He's listed as a Blade writer as well. He, yes, uh, yeah. Blade. I th- blade writer is that like the Harrison Ford movie? <laughs> blade <Different>. writer. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, and I can't remember if he co-wrote them or not. I've I started mm-hmm. noticing a trend. Yeah. That if David Goyer Oof. wrote a, wrote a screenplay by himself, mm-hmm. you can place a bet on whether or not that movie's going to be good. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. If he co-wrote it. And, mm-hmm. and had someone there to sort of ground him, mm-hmm. <laughs> then the likelihood that it maybe is going to be okay is higher. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know David Goyer. This is, I'm not. This isn't an attack against him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just get his ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I I have had the experience that if David Goyer wrote a script by himself, I don't like the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, Superman. Sorry, Man of Steel. Um, the, I, I feel like the script is a mess. Um, mm-hmm. The pacing is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, there are at least three scenes where characters are literally standing and explaining things to each other. Jor-El mm-hmm. mm-hmm. standing, explaining shit. Tazad on Krypton. Jor-El standing explaining shit to Superman on Earth. Mm-hmm. Zod standing explaining shit to Superman. It's just, and they they but at least but at least that dialogue is boring. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's 15 minutes and they mm-hmm. really made sure to bore the, the the just skin off your face. Yeah. It feels like 30. Yep. Yeah. Oh dude, it's yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. Um then Call back to the the Monster Squad conversation. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this film, like it is sci-fi to the bone. Yeah, and they spend a ton of time on Krypton needlessly, and it, the, mm-hmm. literally the only reason that it feels like they did is because it's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like you get. All of this action, Zod and, and Jor-El, like, fist fighting, like, it, it's ridiculous and, and serves no purpose. And it does not deepen their characters. 
it's literally just fighting and action, uh, explosions, some cool effects and, and some, some neat visuals, um, but it serves no purpose for, for setting up the, the larger plot or deepening mm-hmm. their characters. You, you get the reference that Krypton babies are, are artificially inseminated in this weird, like, uterus tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is an addition that it's completely pointless. It, it is yet another way for this, for them to cast Superman as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Because rather than ha- him having the virgin birth... He is the, the, the lone Kryptonian who was born through penis-vagina sex. <laughs> that's an actual line from the script. <laughs> it seriously might as well be. But, the, but that's the, they, they make it so that he is the, the chosen one, even more so than he already is. Like, he's going to show up on Earth and be a fucking god, which Jor-El literally says, like, you're going to be a god to them. Yeah. And... So they, they do that, and the movie, again, just like every Superman movie you've ever seen, is filled with Christ symbol- symbology, him with his arms outstretched and sacrificing mm. himself. Like, they cannot get away from it. Mm. Listening to Creed. Listening yeah. to Creed and, like, yeah. it's Jars of Jars Clay, of Clay yeah. Newsboys. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's the one. What? <laughs> Newsboys, yeah, that's one. Is it one? Yeah. Is it really? Uh, that's, a, that's a Christian band, yeah. Um, oh, okay. I, it's it's a mess. I, it's just so filled with horrible dialogue, um, mischaracterizations. The the pacing is is so so awful. I watched an hour and a half of this movie, mm-hmm. and then started skipping forward. Yeah, <laughs> which for, which for view for listeners, <clears throat> that means I had an hour left. Yep. Yeah. That and that's movie. all one scene, one fight scene. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is ridiculous. It's relentless. Mm-hmm. It is so boring. Well, With all the spectacle, it is very boring. It really is. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it's easy to harp on the idea of Superman destroying Metropolis and just mm-hmm. killing countless people. But it is so over the top that it's impossible not to be like, Jesus Christ, why... Mm-hmm. Like, he, why is he doing this? Yeah. Yeah. And they tried to answer that somewhat in Superman versus Batman or whatever the hell it's called, um, which was not a successful answer in my in my mind. Oh, you don't think so? No. Okay. I don't think it I don't think it really made sense. <laughs> um, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, I mean. A lot of the stuff, it really does feel like they they did because they thought it was going to be cool. The the scene where Superman yeah. mm-hmm. punishes a guy in a bar by sticking like twelve different telephone poles through his truck. Oh. Yeah, and that's the other thing. It's like you're you're not trying to hide yourself at all, man. Like there is no way somebody's going to be like, well, shit. There's twelve telephone poles through that truck. I guess I'll forget about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the filmmakers wanted this to be like a comedic scene, but the music, the way it swells up right there, it seems straight up evil. Right. It's just like, wow, <laughs> holy fucking shit. This guy's livelihood is destroyed. I realize like, he's grabby and he probably deserves it, but still, like it, that doesn't make us seem to like Superman as a character anymore, you know? Well, yeah, that's the, like 
punishing him, okay, yeah, he was a he was a bully. Mm-hmm. But the idea that that's what he did instead of like taking his tires off, yeah, or, <laughs> like doing something, but like his entire semi is impaled on at least 10 telephone poles. Yeah. Like, impossible. It's over the top. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like that in the movie where no one, it seems, thought it through other than it will be cool. And also, I totally forgot about the fucking penises that Zod and all of his people fly away in. The space dicks. The space dicks. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. How could no one there be like, Oh my God, guys, those are giant cocks. We should redo this. Yeah. And it starts by them being enveloped in like gel. Gel. So it's just, it's just a cum cream filled filled cocks. Yeah. Yeah. It is shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, but I, I have a feeling like Zack Snyder was like, well, what shape should they be, guys? Uh, huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. Their feet They're stick dicks. out. You got to make balls over those feet. <laughs> right. I, I Seriously, put make them rectangles. Why do you have to yeah. make them this shape? And they've got like yeah. a little tapered end. Like, it's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Streamlined. Yeah. Well, you have to have that reservoir tip. That's true. You yeah. got to have it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, again, so yeah. watching Superman the movie after this, uh, and they start off with that same scene where the they're on they're, they're on trial, and they leave. And I, I thought, because I hadn't seen those movies in so long, for one, I thought, oh, man, this would be great if they just don't show up again in this whole movie. And they don't. It's because they were made originally as like a two-parter, I guess. Yep. So like Zod comes back. I didn't know. I forgot which movie he was in, uh, one or two. Uh, but in that one, there's like a giant mirror that flies over them spinning and then they like get sucked into it. And it's just like them like ah, in the mirror. And I was like, yeah, if you did this now, I, I would make fun of the shit out of that. Right. But like. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. Rightfully so, baby. But in that time, it was like whatever. But now it's like you have the skills, guys. You can do whatever you want. And this is what you chose mm-hmm. to do. Right. You know, yep. not like you were forced into it or something. Uh, it's just very interesting choices all throughout. Well, I thought like a lot of the designs of like whether it's like spaceships or the like bad guys costumes or whatever, everything looks so like drab and like bulky and dark. Yeah, like bulky. I understand they were yeah. wanting to come up with a, a, a cool design or whatever, but it gets it gets so muddy. It's kind of like at the end of uh, Wonder Woman 84. I don't know if you've watched this or not, uh, Austin, but well, uh, spoilers <laughs> for you. Uh, the uh, the the fight at the end with uh, Wonder Woman and Cheetah uh, it's just like so dark and hard to follow that it like everything bleeds into everything else really and especially with how dark they make superman's costume in this movie mm. you've got like maybe like a, a swipe of red cape here and there but otherwise you it's hard to see zod when he, they're like flying through this like darkened cityscape yep. it's i don't know man like that's they, the, i don't it's like they didn't think all. about it they the idea <laughs> that making the film as dark as it is the the col- the mm-hmm. literal color palette of it, I, mm-hmm. I don't get that choice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand Zack Snyder's you know aesthetic, the idea that it's very serious and uh, you know mm-hmm. dark, but the idea that you're you get a chance to put one of the most colorful characters that the DC right. universe has on screen, and you don't use that as a way to brighten the film like making it dark Mm -hmm. before he gets his costume 
Which, by the way, the costume just showing up in that, it's like... <laughs> yeah. The, the idea that he's, he is not the splash of color, um, mm-hmm. it just seems like such a stupid backwards decision because he's, his costume is so bright. Yeah, that you that and like having like him saying he verbalizes that the S stands for hope or whatever. Like what better like visual metaphor would there be than to like in this dark imagery of this like destroyed city? You have this beacon of light uh, in this character to like have this like bright costume. But it's that's not it. That's him. with Yeah. Extra long cape. And also the idea of that being where they draw the line. Like we just can't. (laughs) We can't make this too that's colorful, gonna, guys. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Like, what? Why? What is yeah. your reasoning there? Mm-hmm. And the Zod stuff. I love Michael Shannon. I think you can tell from, fantastic. from scene mm-hmm. one that Michael Shannon is like, I'm going to try to elevate this bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. he does his best, but he's mm-hmm. not given a lot to work with. No. Um. And I, I like Amy Adams similarly. Like, I think she's a fantastic Same, actress. Yeah. Um, I think obviously she was like, I'm going to play Lois Lane, but I, I don't want her to just be the person that Superman's rescuing, although they cannot get away from that. Mm-hmm, that's, the, right. that's the other thing is it really seems like Superman has a hidden power, which is that he fucks everything up around. Like, there's constantly... <laughs> It's like, oh, there's a tornado. Oh, here's this other. It becomes so ridiculous that he's in another scenario. And I understand, like, suspension of disbelief is a big part of it. And mm-hmm. Su- Superman's idea as the savior being the the engine that drives that, that character. Um, I think that's another reason why it's just not for me is because I'm not interested in that. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to save someone, like... It's going to happen. D- even though there are other plots and other subgenres and genres that I can I can divorce myself from the idea that I know exactly what's going to happen with Superman, it's harder for me for some reason. I'm not sure why. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why when he kills Zod, I was like, "Fuck yes! Oh my god, that's interesting." <laughs> Just because, something interesting for once. Yeah, because the idea that Superman would convince himself there is no way to solve this problem other than to do this thing that is anathema to him is the complete opposite of what he's normally about that is interesting and i superman fans hated it it's just the idea that he's so good that he won't do something even a little bad and killing someone is way worse than a little bad surprise and uh, newsflash guys <laughs> hold on I gotta write this down yeah, yeah, this down. yeah. People. it's bad to <laughs> well, kill I mean it's okay if you know if you really want to do it if they have right. lasers coming out of their eyes it's okay right I, if, okay I thought that, good that note he, uh, good note let me add that <laughs> yeah. to this yeah he, he he twists his neck he's just trying to i think he's just trying to do some chiropractic right he's just yeah. trying to get that but uh if yeah. he had he has his lasers still going i would have loved if he did that and he just slices off all of that family's heads <laughs> he's at like, once. oh jesus <laughs> <laughs> you know still kills odd but Talk also about kills his family. see yeah. that's the other thing and this is just nitpicking, but I, I get into that mindset yeah. when I'm watching. The, and I'm so pissed off because I hate it and it's bad. But 
the idea that Zod shows up and immediately has all of those powers that Superman's body had to generate over decades yeah. as he is absorbing the sun and Zod shows up and is immediately super powerful, but he's been there for like two hours absorbing the sun's mm-hmm. powers. But for Clark, it took him like 20 some years. Yeah. Again, 33, 33 years. Yeah, less the Christ imagery fall to the wayside there. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. I forgot about hmm. that. Holy shit. Yeah. What a yeah. coincidence. I uh, yeah. I was with the nitpicking thing. Uh, for one, whenever I'm bored in a movie, that's when I'm going to start really nitpicking, right? And right. just want to mm-hmm. blow it apart. And sometimes I do try to think, um, you know, some, some things that I complain about in Wonder Woman specifically, like are th- that movie is so similar to Captain America. Uh, and the way they tried to do things. But I'm like, in Captain America, I liked it. And I, I liked how they did it. And, like, there is something to be said, obviously, for, a like, well-made or well-acted or well-written uh, things that, that elevate them. And you can, like, you can uh, suspend that disbelief a little bit and be like, it's fine. Like, I'm okay with this, but I'm not okay with this one. And I, I feel like I'm... I could say the same type of scene or whatever I would... Oh, in one movie, I would like. In another, I wouldn't. But I'm like... They are different, and there is something about these movies that I'm like, they're just not hitting the mark. They really aren't. Like, they do some visually interesting things, but they don't look as good as Marvel movies. Like, they, they have some character moments that are okay, but they're not as good as, like, this Iron Man scene or whatever. Like, I don't care about Superman at all. I don't care about Clark at all. You know, like, I don't I don't sympathize with him. I don't understand his journey. Um and especially like given the rest of the Superman history that I do know, it just just feels different, but not in a good way um, to be darker. And like, he's struggling with these things. It's like, um, I don't know, like there's just so much of it that I I feel like someone could say, like, well, you're not giving it a shot. And I'm like, I did. <laughs> they really mm-hmm. just See, missed it that badly. You know, I feel like they they don't actually let him struggle with those things. It is the like mm. barest hint yeah. The most superficial, no pun intended. Ooh, superficial man. <laughs> Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um, just the the shallowest idea of him being like, what am I even though? Because you don't ever see it go past him just like, oh, yeah, I, I saved some guys. Like, yeah. he's still doing Superman shit, but then he's just like, I got to go find some clothes. <laughs> get a job as a waiter it's it's not him actually doing any internalizing uh, like he's not actually struggling he's still yeah. doing the thing so the idea that the plot revolves around him trying to find out who he is they don't give you that that's not what's mm-hmm. actually happening and I think that's part of the problem like yep. they're trying to subvert the idea of what Superman is but they don't at all the only time it happens is at the end when he kills someone and then even that after he kills zod he looks like he's walking on sunshine like he he doesn't seem like it has affected him Mm -hmm. potentially that comes back around in some of the other movies i wouldn't know um (laughs) lucky you (laughs) yeah Uh, spoilers it does not yeah it does not yeah well i watched batman versus superman oh which i'm not a fan of Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I was like, you know what? I'm done. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Well, okay. Since you've seen that, 
Um, in Batman versus Superman, uh, Superman is vilified uh, primarily because of the destruction of Metropolis, and right. you know it's an alien coming to Earth, and they're kind of lumping him in with Zod and all those people. However, in Justice League, which I pray you have not seen, nope. Um, everybody has such reverence for Superman out of nowhere, so it's it's bizarre. Like, what what is the rules of this universe? You know, even with like the general public's thoughts on this character, because. And the movie immediately before this, uh, you hated him. And now yep. everybody loves him? Like, it doesn't track at all. That's... I think when I when I watched Batman versus Superman, and... Which, by the way, I, I thought Ben Affleck was good. I, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. Yeah. I, I really liked yep. the suit. I liked what they did with the Frank Miller homage, and I liked that stuff. But again, it, it just feels completely disconnected from who the characters are, and from from what the DC universe at large could be. Um, and when they announced Justice League, I was like, you guys have not earned this. <laughs> like, you have not yeah. earned me caring about these characters that haven't been in any other movie. But also, like, it just, it just is... It seriously does seem like someone at Warner Brothers was like, well, we can't make these movies bright and happy because that's what Marvel's doing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we don't want to copy them. Like, no, please do. <laughs> please do we that. I'll be fine please, with that. For the love of God, no yeah. one. Yeah, no one's gonna care. Like, you're gonna get some shit from people online, but that's gonna happen no matter what you do. But to make the movies good, just copy them. Well, I mean, that's the eventual lesson they learned anyway. Yeah. It, you know, if you watch Wonder Woman, Shazam, and Aquaman, those are all like bright movies. Like, I would say almost overly so. They like way overcorrected <laughs> yeah. on the, that course. <laughs> But um, can we can we talk about uh, Clark's parents in this movie? Yeah. Um, first of all, Diane Lane, fine as hell. Oh, oh yeah. It's like, I holy love shit. Diane Lane so yep. much. She's amazing. Damn. Her birthday was uh, the other day, too. Happy birthday, oh, Diane. Happy birthday. Hey, Diane, we know you're listening. <laughs> That's right. We know no. you're an LTS listener. Happy birthday. Thanks. Belated. Someone Belated. posted a picture um, of her, like, in black and white when she first started out, and she was just, like, in jeans and a T-shirt, and it was like, hang. She's gorgeous. She was, <laughs> she's still stellar, but she was fucking hot, man. Well, yeah. in, uh, she's in The Outsiders. She plays Cherry, uh, oh, yeah. Cherry Balance. She is so beautiful. Yeah. Right I got to watch this movie. It was filmed in Tulsa, <laughs> yeah. where I live. I the need Outsiders? to watch this movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, it's great. Yeah. I suggest I, I've heard good things. If you can see it with the original score, mm. do that. Oh. Francis Ford Coppola okay. re-released it for its like 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary or 30th. I can't remember. He re-released mm-hmm. it with a brand new score and Crazy. scenes that were filmed that weren't in the theatrical release. So, have you read the book? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on. I uh, thought that too. Dude. I read it in school, though. So, I thought Brent would have read that in school in Oklahoma. Cause oh, I went to a tiny, tiny yeah, school. Like, I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I grew so, up. So tiny that books wouldn't fit into it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. That, it was that I small. Imagine that. Yeah, that's very small. No, so we had the occasional chick track, but that was about it. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's scenes for, at the beginning of the book and at the end of the book that they shot, but they didn't release in the theatrical version. Um, but those are on the like 35th anniversary whatever release that they they made, and the scenes are good. They they look good. They're they're completed. But then he redid the the soundtrack because so the. Weird. It's very strange. The theatrical version has this like sweeping orchestral, like very passionate and emotional score. 
and I, I think it's amazing. Francis Ford Coppola hated it and thought that the studio screwed the movie up. And what he really wanted was for the, the soundtrack to sound like music of that time. So sort of rockabilly, um, Elvis type, you know, like chugging guitars. Um, and I, I don't like it at all. That maybe completely okay. change it. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah, so there's like a, the scene where Pony Boy's like reciting the the poem, like nothing gold can stay, and it's like it's it's really weird. But you might not care. For me, it it wasn't good. I like the no, yeah, I definitely want to find the OG version then. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. What were we talking about? Clark's parents. Yeah, Clark's parents. I. Uh, in the comics, I really like his parents. Yeah. Um, I think they're, like, generally speaking, good people. Uh, I've not seen them wear MAGA hats or anything like that, right. so I'm, like, I feel comfortable saying that. Um, but in this movie, like, I like his mom quite a bit. Again, they don't really give her much to do other than be, like, choked out a couple of times. Right. And then... Um, but Pa Kent sucks in this movie. I don't, he just sucks. I don't understand <laughs> their their choice. Like the yeah. the message of you can't show the world who you are because they're mm-hmm. gonna freak out. Does that mean I should let people die? Maybe. Like what? Fuck. Yeah. It was a bus full of kids. <laughs> Seriously. Like if you're gonna yeah. have something, have like an adult or something like fall off a bridge and you go save them or well, it's, I, I don't know, but. Anything other than like children? It's also it has no bearing on the rest of the film because he's like, mm-hmm. you have to hide who you are because the world's gonna freak out until you're ready. Like the world's never gonna be ready. What are you talking about until I'm ready? Mm-hmm. But also, the idea like I see what they're trying to do that Clark just can't hide who he is. Like mm-hmm. it, it gets to the point where he has to reveal that he is. Superman on Earth and uh, here to save everyone because he just can't stop saving people. But the the message his dad gave him was like, yeah, sometimes people got to die, man. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what to tell you. It's gonna gonna happen. And it, it might just, be me because uh, I twisted my ankle. Maybe. Oh, right. Sorry, you can't save yeah. me, even though you could literally just save me. <laughs> but that was such a bizarre choice. Yeah. Like, so weird. I feel like this is something that was, like, written into the script, and it made sense in, like, the director's head. But, like, in actual, like, seeing it play out on film, it doesn't make any practical sense at all. Zero. Like, a, a better choice would, would be to have Clark, like, have him busy saving all those other people. Yes. In some way. Well, versus saving, like, his father. It's weird. Like, you know? a big thing that I talk about, I've talked about it on Hideous Energy a lot is making sure you give characters choices and mm-hmm. and not taking the choice out of their hand because it becomes less interesting if and not in every scenario but the idea that he's choosing to let his dad die in this case has the opposite effect where you're like what the fuck why mm-hmm. yeah yeah it it makes zero sense because just hiding like that's the other thing is like he wouldn't have even had to have just overtly used his powers in a way that were very obvious. Like he could have just sprinted a little faster. Yeah. Right. And gotten there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think that's one of the other problems with Superman. And this comes all the way back to my, the thing that makes sense for, for me when it comes to this character is that 
he becomes so powerful that it becomes harder and harder to divorce yourself from that disbelief because you're like, well, why the fuck didn't he do this? You can make him do literally anything. Mm-hmm. Like, fly from one side of the planet to the next in, like, less than a second. Fly so fast he spins the planet backwards and fucking rewinds time. In one movie, you give him telekinesis just out of nowhere. Like, which is Superman uh, Quest for Peace, by the way, number four. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he becomes this, like, unstoppable force. So in the moments where he does fail or he is stopped... It doesn't make sense anymore. So him choosing to let his dad die here, like the idea that Pa Kent wanted to teach him something through that instead Mm -hmm. of being like, you're not going to be able to save everyone, even though the viewers know that you could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think there is an there is an interesting like cross-section in there somewhere where Superman could be struggling with the idea that the world is filled with bad shit and people dying all the time and he can't save everyone. Uh, it does seem like a, it's possible to make that interesting. It just hasn't happened yet. <laughs> it's Well, because this movie is so long, right? Um, and I know, you know you're not supposed to retroactively rewrite a movie that's already like come out um, but I'm going to do it. So if we can combine the scene of Clark saving the bus full of kids, like when he was young in the tornado scene, maybe that's what Clark has to do. Like he's busy with that while Pa's going to get trampled by this tornado. And then comedically as like a fun take or whatever, <laughs> you know, one for them, one for us, uh, Clark picks up the bus and is going to throw it at the tornado. <laughs> but then Pa's like, no, don't do that. We talked about this. And then you we have to make a real this. choice. But Clark. Yeah. But legitimately, though, yeah. they 100% could have combined those scenes. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good um, call. I like that. Yeah, th- they could have cut. Oh, thank you. They could have cut the beginning completely. Like we do not need all of that shit with Zod, Krypton. Like, not only does almost every single viewer who's watching this movie know that shit already, except the little mm-hmm. kids, which you don't care about them finding that stuff out, and as much as you just care about entertaining them. Like, they could have shaved off 45 minutes of this movie. Oh, yeah. Easily. Fuck yeah. That would have felt so much better for it. Easily. And and flashbacks are part of the language of this movie. Yep. So on the Zod stuff, you could always, like, flash back to show his motivations or, or whatever. Or, honestly, he's going to deliver a lot of exposition verbally anyway. So just tack on a couple of lines onto the 18 minutes worth of talking seriously you're all you're all set you know clark uh paul kent shows clark the ship that he came in clark uses Mm -hmm. the little bitty key shaped like the s on his chest and Mm -hmm. in that spiel where he's explaining his entire history just be like Mm -hmm. by the way i'm pretty scared for you because there's this guy who uh swore that he was gonna kill you at some point maybe he's not going to but just a heads up put a pin in that one because he might be (laughs) and it makes sense when he shows up yeah, I mean, 
We've we've made this animated magna doodle dust to illustrate Seriously. exactly <laughs> what's going on. Here's a here's a nice profile image of him no. in the background. He's got a Caesar cut, so just watch out yeah, for that. that. See a guy with a Caesar cut this day and age. Mm, watch yourself. That really does. He might he might have grown a goatee. <laughs> Maybe he might he might yeah. be old now because he's got facial yeah. hair. No, <laughs> that scene seriously does seem like somebody was like, oh man, they're just kind of standing there telling each other shit. We got to do something. They're like, uh. Mm. Use that magnet doodle dust with the, like that, uh, yeah. the stuff in the background. Animate <laughs> that, that makes shit. total yeah. sense. Hey, Johnson, are you working? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh huh. I was thinking this seriously. How about this? And uh, I, I did want to say about the the lessons he learned from his father versus the Superman the movie that I watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Austin, you had talked about when he when he reverses time when he flies around the Earth because in that one they do it so much better than this one, and again they make it so much simpler. Like like we were saying that they would reboot the monster squad and make this whole big thing about concentration camps or whatever and the superman the movie it's like paul Cl- paul can't just has like a heart attack and it's like a lesson that you know he's just not going to always be there right but mm-hmm. he had previously told clark that he felt he was there for a reason he needed to be safe and not show his powers but he was like i feel you're here for some reason and then whenever clark is like fighting all these aftershocks and the earthquakes and stuff and he finds out uh, he tries to save Lois and she dies in the like in this car, in this crevice, whatever. And he gets so pissed, he goes up in the sky and he hears Jor-El tell him, you cannot manipulate human history. Like, don't change this. But then he hears Pa Kent tell him, you're here for a reason. And so it's the his two dads like there's there's so much better storytelling there and mm-hmm. giving him reasons to like have actual conflict than just have him not have an actual conflict like saving a bus of kids versus saving his dad. It's just like, save your dad or not. And then right. like, what lesson is supposed to be there? Like, he actually <clears throat> learns a lesson in the original one, and man, they really just went... It's like they took a heart attack, a simple thing. Let's have him die in a fucking tornado. And it's a like, tornado. <laughs> Why? Like, what is this? I mean, everything's so much more complicated with no more real feeling. Yeah, I I think really the biggest failure of the film is that they didn't ask us to write it. They just messed yeah. they messed up. Jerks. You know, this is the third time I've seen this movie, and this is the <laughs> yeah, first time I noticed one major glaring error oh, in this film. And that is when Clark goes to visit Pa Kent's headstone. It says that Pa Kent died in 1997. And my biggest worry is that Pa Kent did not have a chance to listen to $3 Bill Y'all <laughs> on the debut album by Limp Bizkit. That is a big, and, that is a big just, error. It really hurts my heart. Um, I pray that Clark got a chance to listen to it. I I wonder if that's why he went on his walkabout mm-hmm. shortly after. I don't know. I'm gonna when 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 Clark was a 27 uh, year old uh, teenager. teenager in the car when his dad died, which was weird. What is the when? Did, oh yeah, when they sort of affected his voice, where he's like, "Why don't we just let me do this, Dad?" Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Guys, come sh- you know, on. Look, I, I 100% guarantee you that if the people who did CGI for Justice League and had to remove that mustache off of his lip knew that that's what was going to happen, they would have gone back and added CGI braces to Clark's oh, mouth yeah. during that scene. So bad. I just know it's true. Yeah. I want to make you a fan edit where I add in three bill, like one of the like Nookie playing on the radio right before the tornado Steven, scene. That's, right? No, that's sophomore. Oh, I'm album. sorry. That that will not work. Yeah. I'm sorry. That was just Steven, what was that was ninety nine. Come on. Uh, yeah, they're playing yeah. another song that I don't know. Then you could throw counterfeit, one in. counterfeit, counterfeit yeah. or faith. Yeah, they're throwing faith. Yeah, faith is in there. Mm-hmm. That 
See, the Jesus sim- uh, symbology will come back, there right? You go. Yeah. Faced by Limp Biscuit in the there car before the tornado. It's what spurs yeah. him to go around the world. Brent, you did it. Yeah, I. You know Fuck. what? We did when it you, as a family. A fan edit of just Limp Biscuit scored <laughs> yeah. to the this film because yeah. <laughs> break stuff uh, towards the end as the as mm-hmm. the city's being destroyed. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that, that was again. Tonight. That was again sophomore, but right. it's consistent that it takes place in the present. Yeah. There you go, quote unquote present, right? Um, so it's just you know Clark just loves that type of stuff. You so know, w- what we're proposing yeah. is we're taking the Francis Ford Coppola route from the Outsiders. We're gonna Correct. apply it to this. We're gonna let biscuit the soundtrack. Correct. Maybe mm-hmm. add on some extra yeah. scenes. <laughs> hey, sure, Warner yeah. Brothers, release it. release yeah. the biscuit cut. Biscuit okay. Cut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. That all that Snyder cut stuff, and I legitimately lost complete interest in in the DCU yeah. entirely after the Batman versus Superman. I still haven't seen Wonder Woman. I have no desire to. Really? Okay. I haven't seen Aquaman. God, God bless I have, you. Haven't seen Justice League. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch Wonder Woman eighty four. I just I just know that the likelihood that the stuff is gonna hit me in the way that I enjoy it it's kind of low but also that's yeah. there's so much other stuff that i want to watch sure i can Man. say that they have legitimately made my life worse wow <laughs> right <laughs> wow i have memories that you don't have you know uh there's yeah. a there's a uh, dc well, it's a good trauma. thing we're doing the series then yeah, yeah. watching all you know what i am excited for one thing mm-hmm. And that's the Green Lantern TV show that they're going to do for HBO Max. Oh, I didn't know about that. It's, uh, I'm going to be disappointed, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm excited. So, you know, that's cool. That's cool. Well, it's, that's the, yeah. the hard thing is that, so when I was pretty young, I grew up reading Marvel. I would kind of read anything, honestly, but maybe when I was like 10, I got super into Green Lantern and he was my favorite mm. character for a long, long time. I still have a shitload of Green Lantern comics, the original Hal mm-hmm. Jordan stuff. Um, I have a lot of the parallax stuff when, when Ron Mars killed him. Um, and then when Kyle Rayner debuted, like he was my Green Lantern because I was there from the very beginning. So, so mm. I, I have a lot of Kyle Rayner stuff also written by Ron Mars. Um, and Green Lantern, you know, when Jeff Johns came on and did Rebirth, like, I love all of that stuff. I loved it so much. But then it eventually hit a point where I'm just like, man, you guys just went off the rails. Like, all these colors, and it, it got so ridiculous that I I lost interest. And then they did the, the relaunch mm-hmm. and just kind of killed it for me. And I haven't read DC since. Hmm. Yeah, and then the idea of the movies, I'm just like, oh my gosh, you guys are, you're really trying. Con- congratulations. <laughs> well, uh, Brent and I, I, I honestly coming into this because Brent had said basically he, he he heard you had said something about Superman one time, and he was like, I'm pretty sure he's a big fan, you know. Uh, well, yeah, Austin, huge fan. Yeah, huge fan. No bigger fan than Austin Wilson. But right. I didn't know, and you can't quote me on that. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know like how big of a fan you'd be or whatever. So I was coming into this trying to be like, well, you know, the cast is really good. And like, <laughs> you know, like, how do you like make it better or whatever? But so I'm glad to kind of hear this. But because when we had talked about doing this uh, and I think we should stick with this, Brent, we were going to say this was mm-hmm. the DCEU rewatch race to the mm-hmm. bottom because you haven't there seen you go, a yeah. lot of these movies. But right. this is one of the best. Oh, my Right, like Man of Steel <laughs> oh has always been in my head. Like, well, it's it's better than 
X, like pretty much the rest of them, right? Uh, and and we'll see as we go through what I think about that. But um, yeah, it's it's rough. Uh, but I was also curious of your like what you uh, like or don't like about the MCU. If you're a big fan of that or or not, I really like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I can only really think of a couple of them, maybe a few of them that I'm I'm not a fan of. The second yep. Thor movie mm-hmm. being one of them. Yep. Yep. Um, the Ant-Man movies, I'm, I, I don't think they're bad. They just didn't do a ton for me. I, th- I thought they were kind of Same. okay w- with a few parts yep. that, I, that I really liked. Um, Brent, he's good. He, he's yeah. accepted here. He's one of us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Incredible Hulk. It's, it, you, it exists, yeah. but you don't Yeah, you don't really I've, need I've it. only seen that one ooh, once, maybe, maybe twice. Um, Plenty of times. That's all you need. Yeah, and I kind of forgot about it, honestly. Um, yeah. Yep. I like Edward Norton a lot, I, and I, I kind of wish he mm-hmm. would have been allowed to to do more than than he was i think that after seeing as many mcu movies as i have and seeing them all be visually the exact same um color palette wise cinematography wise yeah uh just lighting like them having that mcu look i've eventually gotten to a point where i've gotten kind of bored with them um Mm -hmm. I, not that I think they're bad. I, I think a lot of them are, are probably not going to stand up to the test of time. Like, it's weird because I, I think about them almost in this, like, siloed way where, like, as Marvel movies, awesome. As mm. films, I'm like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some of them, Captain America 2, what's it called? Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think that movie will will have a, a pretty long lasting shelf life because mm-hmm. as far as action goes it's amazing yeah. i think it's it's an, an action film that that showcases that genre really really well yeah um i think civil war has some great writing and acting in it um there are a few scenes that i still think about quite a bit from from civil war um but I eventually hit a wall where I was like, yeah, I, I don't feel the pull to watch them as mm-hmm. as uh, immediately as I had previously. Um, mm-hmm. And I think part of that is kind of just, in my mind, it, it felt inevitable because if they make, what is it? It's like 29, how many movies is it? It's, it's, it's like 22 have been out, something like that? 22. 23, 23. I think, yeah. Yeah, with the Spider-Man one, so, the most recent mm-hmm. one. If I'm watching, like, 22 episodes of something, like, mm-hmm. they're not all going to be gold. Yeah, X, right. X-Files is a, yeah, a perfect <laughs> example. <laughs> yeah. And 22 two-hour-long films, um, I think it's just a, a matter of time before you get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, I, I feel like I got, I got it. I got all the, all the stuff that I could. Um, and maybe not for, you know, I, everyone interacts with that stuff differently. But for me, I, I hit a point where I was just like, yeah, I'll probably watch the next one. But it's not uh, the thing that is like pulling me to go see them mm-hmm. as much as it used to be. I mean, there are still some that I've watched somewhat recently. Uh, the, the most recent one being Doctor Strange, which I, mm-hmm. I think is great. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but yeah, I. I feel like I kind of, I kind of got exhausted. I mean, yeah. it's a lot, and it was we love those movies, uh, Brent and I. But 
rewatching them in our series was like daunting to, to get into and then exhausting by the time we were done yeah. we literally got to the point where we were just like all right we're doing another one like it's a <laughs> lot um, right but is. i do yeah. I, I re-watching them now i like it because i think it's so great just as a um something that, that producers have done right that they were able to do this big series and keep it all together um and it's just kind of this big feat but i also like re-watching it now because i can be like you can just do iron man or you can just do cap or <laughs> You can do like some crossover things, like for a specific reason. Like I'm gonna watch these five movies together because it has this kind of through line or whatever. And it's been fun, like to see like not all of them held held up. Even the ones that I like, I don't watch as often. But some of them, like I watch the Captain America ones like all the time. I watch the Spider-Man movies all the time. Um, but not not all of them, right? You can kind of pick and choose, which is kind of nice. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, especially as they get into the next phase. Uh, and now most of it's like TV shows. Um, that I'm excited about, I guess. But, uh, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's like, will it be too much, like, you know, fatiguing to watch it, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the... It's weird because it's it's very similar to Star Wars in some ways where I I get to a certain point where I'm like, okay, like, my Star Wars meter is filled. I, mm-hmm. I hit that point and... I love Star Wars, as you guys know, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean, as I as I am now, that I want to be interacting with it all the time, always, yeah. and and just be consuming Star Wars media. But that is a, a, like a business model that Disney wants, mm-hmm. and not just with Star Wars, but with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And like, it sucks to think about it, but it, like, that's one of the ways that they want to generate a shitload of money. The more content you have to interact with, the more revenue you're going to be generating. And obviously these are like properties that they're using to make money. It's entertainment. That's what the point is. But it's like we were talking about with Star Wars on, uh, I think it was on Mind Grenade, uh, Hector, Hector mm-hmm. Roman's podcast, where we were talking about how tired I felt. Mm-hmm. Like seeing all of the things that Disney announced where they're like, this Star Wars show and this Star yeah. Wars show and this Star Wars show and this, this fucking Star Wars show. And it's a lot. Well, it's really easy to be like, well, just don't watch them. Like, the, that's not the point. Like, yes, if mm-hmm. I feel like I don't need to watch them, then I'm not going to watch it. But the idea of there being this giant mountain of stuff that is related to this thing I love it's on some days I'm like, Oh sweet. There's more star Wars. But then on some days I'm like, Jesus Christ, how much star Wars is there? Yeah. (laughs) And it's kind of similar with Marvel cinematic universe where I hit that point where I was like, okay, yeah. Next wave of movies is coming out. I'm sure I'll watch them. Like I don't own, how many of them do I own? I own Iron Man one. Shit. Is that the only one? Wow. So I mean, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one to have. I'm fairly sure that's it. I think I yeah. own Iron, okay. Iron Man 1 and, the, and none yeah. of the others. And it's not because I think they're bad or, or I, I, I like didn't buy them for some principled reason. I, I just knew my interaction with them wasn't going to extend for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And even Iron Man 1, like I haven't seen that movie in a long time. But... 
it's good and I, and I like it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I haven't felt the need to buy any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really know why. I, I think other than just the idea, like, am I going to rewatch this? Yeah, maybe. And if that's the case, like, meh. Well, that's what's perfect about Disney Plus or something, that it's like if you wanted to watch all of them, you don't have to buy all of them. You can just do Disney Plus for a month and watch as many as you mm-hmm. want or whatever. It's true. Uh, if you had and, it for, you know, a reason. And Disney's not even sponsoring your podcast. Not, not yet. yet. <laughs> but hey, Mouseketeers. <laughs> that's right. They love to, to sponsor shows that say butthole a lot. So we're really hoping that's for right. that big money coming in. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Also, for uh, uh, people who yeah. criticize Disney for wanting to make a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, we'll get that money. Yeah, sponsor them. You can sponsor us, yeah. but you're not allowed to review us or, or stop our content <laughs> yeah. in any way. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> and just generally speaking, not even related to Disney. Um, if you could stop saying "come" so much, <laughs> uh, no dice. Yeah. No. Uh, you know what? Take this contract and jizz on it. <laughs> well, you said jizz. Is that okay? Yeah, it's it's okay, okay. It's still in the same. Okay, well, you can't say that. Don't do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Um, so, uh, real quick, uh, going back to, um, this movie, Man of Steel, mm-hmm. um, I've got some, some last quick oh, notes please. here. Um, when they're, they're fighting on the satellite, it says Wayne, uh, as a nod to uh, Wayne Enterprises. So, uh, it wasn't confirmed that this was the beginning of the DC mm-hmm. extended universe until like, I guess they announced Batman versus Superman or whatever. So it was just kind of like hinted at these characters finally crossing over cinematically. That's one of my favorite parts. Where <laughs> super, see that satellite? W. It was super, yeah, the satellite. Superman yeah. and Zod are tearing Metropolis's asshole apart, destroying mm-hmm. the city. And Superman finally gets Zod into outer space and still manages to tear some shit up. Like they, they mm-hmm. literally were That's they're awesome. in outer space. And they're mm-hmm. like, actually, you know, you know what? There's gotta be a satellite there. Have them tear that motherfucker apart. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. to insert more destructions. So ridiculous. Well, you got to have it. And then like the end of the movie, after the battle is done, after Zod's neck has been snapped, there's even more destruction because Superman, in an effort to gain the trust of the military, <laughs> destroys a $12 million surveillance right. drone. First of all, thanks, Obama. Right. Uh, secondly, uh, the only bit of levity that comes out of this entire movie that- is the uh, the female like captain who's like, I think he's kind of hot. Dude, that's literally the only time there's any like yeah, I know. joking I in this movie. I remember as I finished the movie, after fast forward, mm-hmm it like 10 mm-hmm. seconds at a time uh i remember being like jesus christ this movie is humorless it yeah. is mm-hmm. just so drab dude it, so i yeah. i use letterboxd to, mm-hmm. to keep track mm-hmm. of the movies that i watch so i wrote a little review on there and i saw other people's reviews pop up and this other person's review popped up and they talked about a scene that i had forgotten about and luckily, as I was fast forwarding it, I saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at the end when Zod and Superman are destroying the city. Zod throws a fucking semi at Superman. Yeah. And Superman jumps out of the way. <laughs> he doesn't. St- he literally is just like, whoop, and hops out of the way. The truck yeah. hits a building, explodes into flames. And oh, Superman's yeah. like, "Woo! almost got me. But yeah. Instead of, you know stopping it (laughs) we literally watched him hold up an entire oil rig in the ocean he's like nope not not dealing with this shit jumps out of the way in the uh in the biscuit cut we're gonna the fan edit uh i want your Mm -hmm. sound effects whoop i want you to put that in there every time he moves out of the way for something (laughs) 
that review pointed out, and I was like, seriously, I don't remember that. And then it pops up there. Oh, yep, man. there it is. I, I think there were, they wanted to have some levity at the beginning of the movie as well, where uh, Lois Lane says something about a dick measuring contest. Yeah. But I, I feel like they wanted it to be more like badass than mm-hmm. like funny. Oh, yeah. and, but know? then they make her so. say the tinkle line. It is so yeah. weird. Yeah. What if That's I have to right. take a tinkle? Even in the theater, I remember David and I were like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. yeah. Dude, so the other thing, maybe you're about to say this, Brent, in your in your list. Mm-hmm. Zod and Superman mm-hmm. are fighting. They're they're fighting in the like shell of a building that's being built. Superman gets thrown backwards and knocked into one of those signs that says, It's been this many days since we've had an accident. Mm-hmm. And he knocks the the numbers <laughs> off so that it says zero. Oh, I didn't even get oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> it is on screen for like barely half of a second. And then they frame the rest of the scene to not show it. Because it's supposed to be a serious scene. They're having this like dark conversation about battling and fighting for the Mm -hmm. humans. But then they throw that tiny joke in for like half of a second. And then like it it seriously almost looks like they had shot it where the 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 sign was in the background. And they were like, shit, we can't do this. This is fucking stupid. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. it's never in the scene again. Like you barely see it. Mm. And then they frame it Mm -hmm. out the rest of the time. Yeah. Wow. Again, it's tone. It's it's, it's uh, cadence. It's they they just don't know what they're making. Like, nope. Uh, at best, uh, I, I've heard this before. We've talked about Zack Snyder uh, on the podcast before. Like, he he'd be a better cinematographer than an actual like director. Uh, and even then, it's a very specific aesthetic that you either hate or or like or whatever. But um, some of the, some of the stuff that I'm just like, why why these choices though? And uh, it, sometimes it feels like, do you do you get comedy? Do you know like mm. oh, how yeah, that can no. help a scene or help a yeah. movie? Like they just feel thrown in there. It all feels like the studio I, just being like, put a put a laugh here, you know? I feel like Zack Snyder, he seems, and this is gonna sound like a joke, but I'm I'm <laughs> being serious. He seems like he he missed his opportunity to be an illustrator at Image Comics in the 90s. Mm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> legitimately, though, like his visuals, his entire aesthetic, his mm-hmm. idea of what action is. Like there's some of it where I'm just like, yeah, as a comic and uh, image comic in the 90s, that would have been cool. It worked. Yeah. Mm. Like, Different world, right? What's the movie with the girls in the um, insane asylum? Nine to five. Nine to five. Right, yes. Uh, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch. Yeah. Um, just a total fucking trash fire mm-hmm. <laughs> with a bunch of like real neat visuals. Like, oh, that yeah, samurai's yeah. huge. He's got a giant mm-hmm. sword. <laughs> like, yeah. That's the movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so he's so focused on visuals uh, and cool thing, cool looking things. Yeah, um, but he really misses the mark. Like uh, so many things in Man of Steel are just forgettable, or like that action, like this this final scene that's like forty five minutes long. This like one fight mm-hmm. scene. I couldn't tell you like besides like something absurd. Like you're like he jumped out of the way of the semi. Like I couldn't tell you really like one thing uh, that I even really remember, let alone like out of it you know um mm. there's just so much going on and it just none of it matters there's no weight to it yep um again versus like a marvel movie where i'm like there's a lot of you know big bombastic scenes but they at least have something interesting like i can tell you something i like about almost any of them um and this there's just it's just there's just no joy <laughs> you know yeah i think 
that scene in the first Captain America movie, multiple scenes in that first Captain America movie, but where he figures out how to get the flag. Um, that like that scene just oh on the flight yeah yeah where he on like, the pole yeah yeah yeah, yeah I get you mm-hmm. like cuts to the idea of of who Steve Rogers is but also mm-hmm. of him getting beat up and knocked down like those tiny scenes mm-hmm. were so good at succinctly describing who Steve Rogers is. And in this movie, not that I'm trying to compare them one to one, but just like the idea of them trying to define who Superman is and who Clark Kent is. They're like, he watches his dad die. And (laughs) you're like, okay, that's a strange choice, but they're not super comparable just, but the idea of them not being able to tell me who the character is. Mm hmm adeptly is a, is a huge failure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, going back to Captain America, you saying that he gets knocked down, but he gets up again. You're never going to keep him down. I feel like they need to release the Chumbawamba <laughs> cut of Captain America, the first adventure. I do. It's just that one song. Oh my God. It's just tough. Just that one song. Yeah. 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 <laughs> over and over. It's just like dubbed in <laughs> yeah. over, like over the existing score yeah. or whatever, you know, it's just like, whatever, just fuck it. Who cares? Um, so on the, uh, the thing with, uh, uh, Clark snapping Zod's neck, like, again, this feels to me like the first time I saw it, I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting. But now I'm like, I don't think it is because it's just not executed very well. Well, pun intended, kind of, um, it's not executed very well because it's, like, if that was literally his only choice to, like, snap his neck, that's one thing. Um, but also, like, the way he snaps his neck, I feel like he would have lasered mm-hmm. those that family apart because it was, like, going in that direction. Uh, but also, like, I, I guess if your character is not, like, invincible and couldn't just simply, like, cover his eyes with his hand or couldn't fly and just go, like, directly straight up in the air. All of those things. Know? All of those things yeah. are why the movie is ridiculous. And the yeah. idea of who Superman is can so easily be ridiculous because it's like, well, mm-hmm. that's my only option. Like, no, it's not, dickhead. Mm-hmm. As much as I think it's interesting <laughs> that you killed Zod because that's not something that you would normally do, you could have absolutely just taken flight. You could have absolutely put your hands around his mm-hmm. eyes. Like... All of these options. Like, if you want Clark to, like, kill Zod by the end of the movie, yeah, just have him cover his eyes with his hands, let Zod get pissed off, and, like, essentially burn his own skull out or something like there, that, you know? It's just so hold many the, choices. Hold the mirror up. Yeah. Back mirror. at you, Zod. Yeah. That's right. And they yeah. can, like, do a quippy one-liner. And then you can play Limp Biscuits version <laughs> of Behind Blue Eyes right there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It guys, it's all Superman does have blue eyes. Oh, I'm just saying. saying. Look, Um, and of course, the the last note I've got here is at the end of the movie. There's a flashback with a young Clark uh, wearing a red towel as a cape, pretending to be Superman. What? I had a problem with that. It's it's horrible. Does this mean? I don't understand. He would have no frame of reference for that. Yeah, (laughs) like unless he's like. Pretending to be like a king or something like that, but he even like puts his hands on his yeah. hips as Superman does. So it's like nobody on set was like, "Hey, this doesn't make this, this doesn't make this sense." Is real stupid. Why it's are like, we doing this? Yeah. Well, it yeah, it's a nitpicky thing, mm-hmm. but it is a hundred percent a problem. <laughs> it's it's <Yeah>. not <laughs> just the idea of like he's 
pretending that he has no way to know mm. that these pajamas with a, a cape are going to show up in his alien ship. That's the it's zero yep. out of ten. <laughs> yeah, that's good. What well, you want to rate the movie? <laughs> yeah, we, we should. Do, we have we to do that, as well. right? Some some time yeah. these. Um, let's rate this. Uh, I like the one to ten scale. Let's rate this uh, uh, one to ten. Zod neck snaps. Mm-mm. Okay. So one being the worst, ten being the best. Uh, Austin, you're the guest. We'll start with you. Um, I feel like you gave your answer, <laughs> but I don't actually give it a zero. I the okay. The things that I do like about the movie, which are few, um, mm-hmm. I really did like the some of the stuff that we see on Krypton. It's just so unneeded and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Zod's aren't... It, stuff I like. Stuff I like. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy to slip back into the it stuff is, you yeah. hate. Yeah. Uh, the sci-fi stuff on Krypton is good. Um, I actually do like the casting of Henry Cavill as Superman. I think that was a good choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I really like the casting of Amy Adams as, as Lois Lane, and I, I think that... Um, She's a great actress and, and could do a lot in some roles. <laughs> um, um, yeah. yeah. Three out of ten. Three? Yeah. Okay. Mm, three out of ten good, for Austin. Good. Steven, what about you? Yeah, uh, I was going to say, to uh, jump on a few points you said, um, mm-hmm. I like Amy Adams, but I don't really like her in this role, but I think it's because of she just doesn't have a lot to do or the stuff that she does, like... Like the fact that she just becomes one of the main people in the army to to solve this problem on the plane. I was like, why is she there? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, why would they allow that? You know, uh, this makes no sense. Um, and uh, I'm I'm going to give I, I would say I would give this a, a three as well, but I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I'm getting one extra Zod uh, next snap for Diane oh. Lane. Oh, yeah. She, okay. she elevates it enough, you know, one more. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, I I do think this is the, one of the better ones of the of the DCEU, <laughs> but uh, it is not enjoyable to watch. No, and, uh, not fun. And uh, even thinking if I had not just rewatched it, if I had thought back on it, I probably would have given it like a five. <laughs> so it definitely went down. Yeah. on Rewatch. Yeah, I don't remember uh, what I gave it originally, but I would yeah. imagine it wasn't good. Yeah, right. So I'm going to stick mm-hmm. with four. Okay. If there, this were an episode of Doughboys, Steven, you and I would be in the hand-holding club because I, too, give this movie four Zod next naps. Uh, <laughs> and also, if this were Doughboys, we would all be in the Ballpark Buds club uh, because it is... <laughs> I like that. It, it's, it's definitely not uh, a good enough movie to be a five, like right dead center, like mediocre. But mm. um, it's just... it's Like, if there were some, like more humorous moments or even like clearer character motivations or dialogue that was somewhat passable, I would give it a higher score, but I, I can't, I can't go above a four <laughs> Dude, on this one. There's one line that I still quote to this day. David and I fucking cackled in the theater. <laughs> it's at the beginning of the movie. It's like first 10 minutes. So that's bad. Mm-hmm. Jor-El's like, <laughs> we've had a child Zod. A boy child. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck? What? <laughs> Is that what David said when he told you that his son was born? I have a child. He's a boy child. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. 
And guess what? In a later scene, you're gonna straight up see his cock. You'll see his wiener. <laughs> Just on full display. And then also later in a flashback. Boy child. It's so dumb. Mm-hmm. Yep. Man. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, good succinct way to say uh, this movie is great. Yep. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a... Well, it's a movie. compared to some of these it's other a ones, you know, boy movie. It's a, it's a boy. <laughs> I w- legitimately would like to hear someone, not because I want to prove them wrong, just because I, I would like to mm-hmm. hear a, a, an alternate perspective mm-hmm. uh, of someone mm-hmm. telling me why they like it, uh, why they enjoy watching it. I thought or, that was going to be you today. I yeah. really came in thinking like maybe Austin's going to love this thing. That's mm-hmm. a pretty sweet curveball by by uh, Brent <laughs> that he threw. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I don't know that I've ever actually talked to anybody that genuinely likes this one. I know I've, I've interacted with people online a little bit uh, with it, but uh, not not in person. And I yeah, yeah that'd be interesting. But I and I told you to stop doing that. Yeah, well, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, I don't like you to interact with people online without my just, express written permission. It's just, well, I even said that. That's yeah. that's a misnomer saying uh, mm-hmm. interacted. I don't interact on anything. I I I mm-hmm. I'm on Reddit. I don't even upvote or downvote things. I just <laughs> scroll through it. I don't interact at all mm-hmm. on the internet. I, yeah. I'm a passive observer. Yeah. yeah, you scroll through, come, and then just get off there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And that's for, not even on the on the not safe for work parts of it, of Reddit. That's actually on uh, yeah, just for, the random parts, the political ones. Yeah, <laughs> that's the office supply. Yeah. Oh, staplers, yeah. get me going. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, all right. Anything else? I think no. I think that's pretty uh, good, right? Not for me. I, I think that's. Uh, I think we solved it. We solved yeah. the the problem. How do you solve a problem mm-hmm. like Man of Steel? We we just did it. You, Throw a limp biscuit in there. Yeah. And make some additional scenes better. That's right. Maybe flip those two, but but still. That's right. That still sounds good. Yeah. I believe our, our business with this movie has concluded, Stephen. Oh, I like that for all of these. And can yeah. I never watch this again now? Can this be? You a- have express written permission this- to never have to watch this movie. <laughs> this is why I'm glad for the rewatch because I can I can watch them once and never again. You know, Warner Brothers mm-hmm. is making it easier for you to never watch it again That's by right. taking it <laughs> off of their own service. <laughs> They're like, we get how bad this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, What's up, yeah. Doc? Hey, we're getting rid of this movie off our service, but if you'd like to download Fubo <laughs> and watch it there, do you have? Was it fucking IMDb TV? Yeah. Seriously. Well, you might be in luck. What I don't we, know. We say last time Fubi. We put F- Fubo and F- Tubi together. <laughs> Fubi. Yeah, that's right. Made our own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Canopy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, Austin, it was great having you on, though, man. That was a blast. Um, mm-hmm. Even though uh, the movie was not so great. It's always... It's legitimately, though, this is like Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84. When I, It's fun to make fun of them, yeah. to be honest. It's way more fun than watching it. Like This this podcast is going Factually. fucking forever. But like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I would much rather listen to this than watch that movie. You know? So, we are mm-hmm. just I mean, shy of the entire runtime yeah, right? of uh, Man of Steel. Yeah. Yeah, we're right there. Well, I, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll, we'll exceed it, open. I'm sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, since that's that's all done, like uh, you can uh, look in the show notes for all of our contact information. Uh, Austin, for you, um, where can people find you? Do you want them to follow you on social media? Do you have anything to plug? Uh, yeah, uh, go to austinrwilson.com. That's my website, and my Twitter handle is the exact same, Austin R. Wilson. Um, I've got a bunch of free comics and prose short stories that you can check out on my website. Um 
Uh, I tweet about that stuff a lot. I've got a story coming out in Tales of the Quarantine, which is a big anthology that uh, Red Cabin Comics put together. That's coming out thanks to a successful Kickstarter. It's like over 400 creators doing one-page comics, uh, all for charity. Um, That's going to come out here pretty soon. Uh, I think the backer kit for Kickstarter is getting close to being done uh, for people who want to kind of hop on now that the official Kickstarter is over. They'll they'll be able to in, in some way. I think not really sure 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, but keep your eyes out for for uh, information about that. And my website and my Twitter account are the the main places that you can find all my all my bullshit. Sweet hell yeah, awesome. All right, well I think we can uh, bring it home. What do you say, Stephen? Let's do it. Um, should I really end it? I I wasn't listening to you, Brent. Before that, did did we read any of our stuff? Like rate and review us. It's all below. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you might uh, I didn't have said say that. that part, but yeah, you can do that thing. Well, yeah, yeah. I didn't, that's why I said sometimes I zone out at the end. Oh, no, I meant like you as in the listener. Like they can rate and review Yeah, us, they could do that. you already said it. Yeah. We're professional podcasters, by the way. That's you guys right. Are it's, only, it's only been 180 <laughs> episodes. I don't know what to tell you. It's not getting better. Uh, definitely getting worse. Yeah, definitely getting worse. Mm-hmm. That's our brand. So, uh, yeah, until mm-hmm. next time, I'm Steven. I'm Brent. I was Austin. And let's talk later. Before uh, we get off here, I do want to mention that when we recorded our LTS episode on the Monster Squad, it was episode 14. We talked about it for a long time along with uh, Poltergeist. But for whatever reason, Stephen, when we recorded this, we omitted... If we didn't even acknowledge the mm, Wolfman uh-huh. has nards or got nards line yep. until the next episode where Kent Blue wrote in <laughs> and he had to tell us that we forgot to <laughs> mention that iconic line. It's the most famous line in that entire movie. Right. Just skipped over. And we forgot all about it. So I remembered that someone did that. I actually thought that might have been Austin. I wasn't sure uh, who, who corrected us with that, but uh, I did feel mm-hmm. bad as a fan, you know, and I uh, yeah. I whipped myself mm-hmm. for days, yeah. weeks even. Mm-hmm. Forgot uh, the Wolfman's balls. It's, yeah, you can't yeah. do that. Never forget the balls. No. You know? Never. They need attention <laughs> to, you know? Cord? Okay. Cool. All right. Um, so uh, I have an important question for you guys. Um, okay. And uh, it's something that r- came up for me recently where I was like, wow, this is something I never thought about, but surely it's like come up in the world. Kind of like uh, one time I thought, I wonder if anyone has ever been punched in the fist before. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like it has to have, at, you know? Like same time? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like tip to like tip. It's, it, yeah. Because people have, like, accidentally been punched in, like, weird places on their bodies. So mm-hmm. I imagine during, like, a fist fight at some point, somebody's been punched in the fist. But, like, uh, that aside, um, do you think anyone has ever had to return a box of condoms? Not because of, like, manufacturing <laughs> defects or whatever, but just because their plans didn't work out? <laughs> where they had to, like, go back to the store and be like, yeah, she, uh, turns out she wasn't into me. Um, so can and I, I just, don't need these. Yeah. But I do like, need that five I'll, bucks. At a, at a certain point, if See, I could just get, yeah. like, some store credit. That's the that's the, that decision right there. Steven said, mm-hmm. "I do need this five bucks though." Yeah. <laughs> where it's like a very specific scenario where you're like, yeah. "God damn, I can either buy condoms or like go get a five for five at McDonald's." Mm-hmm. What am I gonna do? And you're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, these condoms could work out." So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think if you buy a box of condoms, that's the game. Yeah, you, you're mm-hmm. keeping you them it. no matter what. Yeah, 
Brent, and do you, hang on, do you just, have a just box willing to, to let him do what? Do you have a box to return? Is that why you're asking if that's like socially acceptable? Well, I, 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 you know, not, not me. Not me. She uh, wasn't this guy it. I know. This guy I know. Uh, uh, but um, no, like, what if like you couldn't return? Maybe it's like one of those things that they don't take back, like, you know, whatever the case may be. Do you think you could like trade the box of condoms at McDonald's <laughs> for like? I, get I think it depends on which McDonald's McNug, you're at. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. I cool. mean, this is good information for me to pass along to this guy. I know. Yeah. I bought some one time, and here I mean condoms, uh, uh, not mm-hmm. McDonald's. I had a gas station, <laughs> but not like in the bathroom. But like I was, I was buying some, and mm-hmm. I remember look just looking around at the rest of the stuff in the gas station and being like these condoms could be 15 years old. I like, mm-hmm. uh, I really mm-hmm. need to do some, some investigating before I commit mm-hmm. to this. And I mm-hmm. literally had to ask like, how often do you guys restock these? And they're like, Oh yeah, those are new. I was like, <laughs> I'm not convinced enough. So I'm going to go yeah. elsewhere. <laughs> the, the thick layer of dust on top of the box mm-hmm. is, uh, uh, probably saying not, yeah. you know, nah, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. This is the old logo they used for Trojan from seven years ago. I don't think this yeah, is. Yeah, this doesn't keep up with their right. logos. Yeah. <laughs> Trojan. I make it a point, too. I'm just a logo fan. It's not about condoms. You know what? Right. Let me compare this Every- to my Trojan logo <laughs> knowledge. Everybody has a passion. That's right. You know? It's true. To be fair, Brent actually does have a logo passion. We've had discussions about this in the well, last. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. he might do that. That actually mm-hmm. might be yeah. a real thing, but yeah. it's not sure, you know? Yeah. <laughs> As for the punch in the fist thing, mm-hmm. um, so I, I watch a lot of MMA, which mm-hmm. I usually have to apologize for as soon as I say that. Like, oh, that's fine. We don't, I, I don't get, watch it, but yeah. Well, it's a subculture that I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, under, mm-hmm. I understand. <laughs> I, I understand what it what it may may sound like the second I say that. Um, I've never seen someone get punched in the fist, although I do think it happens in that movie Riccio. Yeah, what? I don't know that. What? Riccio. You guys should. No, sh- oh, you're thinking of Hook. Rufio. Right? <laughs> right. It happens in that movie yeah. directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. Hook. Yeah. No, Riccio, you guys should watch it at some point. It might not be called Riccio. I can't remember. It's based on a manga that is just totally mm-hmm. over the top, batshit, insane, violent. David and mm-hmm. I watched it one time and. I mean, it's not a spoiler to tell you that someone punches their way out of prison at the end of the film, like punches a wall down. Um, Mm -hmm. That is the literal end of the movie. So it's a giant (laughs) spoiler. Um, But uh, throughout the entire film, people are getting their faces punched off. Um, Oh, man. Just in general, punched in the most violent ways that you can you can be punched. And I think someone gets their their it like shatters their entire fist and arm. Um, Mm, I would like to see that. If not, research. I maybe just imagined it because that's okay. <laughs> it sounds now, cool. Is this an anime or is this like a live action based on an anime? Live action. Um, okay. Probably in the eighties or the seventies uh, mm-hmm. to set your expectations for <laughs> what the effects are going to look like. Um, it's totally bonkers, and I highly suggest watching it with friends if uh, you can manage that because. Uh, mm-hmm. David and I laughed. The it's a it's ridiculous and just about as much fun as you can get out of uh, a stupid movie. Yeah, 
Um, I, I don't remember if I've ever brought this up on the podcast before, but when I was a kid, I was super into martial arts films. I don't remember this one, though. But uh, I would fight, like, play fight with my brother, and I would get so fucking pissed at him if we would kick at the same time and, like, oh, yeah. lock shins. Because, <laughs> yeah. for one, like, shin kicking is not fun, right? Like, no, that, ouch. That, yeah. that hurts, right? But yeah. I would be so mad because I was like, this isn't how it happens in the movies. Right. Like, <laughs> it, and I didn't, I didn't know what, like, fight choreography was. I just assumed that's how people fought, right? Right. Like, and it made me, me so upset with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't my up, fault. Yeah. Well, no. You were, you were trying to, to behave. Exactly, and, and, and do martial arts douche. correctly, and he was yep. an asshole. Exactly, thank you. <laughs> no, I I grew up very similar uh, to that. We watched uh, probably a lot of kids in the '90s, you know, Jean Claude Van Damme and all that stuff. Um, so did a lot of stupid martial arts, uh, you know, quote unquote martial arts. It was not oh, yeah. really that. Yeah, what's funny is I never actually attempted to like take a karate class or, <laughs> or nope. anything at all. Me <laughs> I either. just wanted to watch the movies and the play fight and be like, I got it. I've seen the movies. Well, yeah, if someone had even suggested that to me, I would have been like, what do you mean? <laughs> yeah. A That's class. Like exercise? Like, what a, like, yeah, I'm, class. Not, I'm not going to take a class. Go to school for this? I just watch the, <laughs> just watch the film. <laughs> it's a horrible idea. Yeah. It I, had, uh, I had a similar experience um, in that uh, when I was younger, I asked if I could take a karate class, and my mom was like, oh, sweetie, we're poor. Uh, we don't have money. We can't. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. You go you go play Ninja Turtles outside. And uh, to tag on to my own story there, I remember being so specific when playing with my friends with, like, action figures that if, like, like there was one time uh, one of my friends came over and uh, we were playing Ninja Turtles, of course, had my toys out, and uh, I remember specifically getting pissed off and yelling, Donatello can't fly. You put him on the ground. <laughs> this is insane. Wow, that's really this specific. is not how this works. I look. I know we're here to have a good time. That's right. Yeah, but guess what? We're gonna follow the rules. That's yeah. right. We're playing. Yeah. We're not being ridiculous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> now you put them back in the party wagon. That's right. <laughs> a, a giant van with a turtle shell on top of it. That's my favorite. Yeah. The turtles are just like, God damn, we're turtles. We're going to be on brand. This helicopter better have a turtle shell on it. I <laughs> do not make me get into a helicopter that's not painted like a turtle shell. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Also, remember, we're ninjas. We have to be low key. That's right. Also, <laughs> that's that's right. Make sure you put the giant boxing gloves on those little things on the bottom of the helicopter uh, yeah. because of, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know we're trying to be stealthy, but also we got to put the logo on that blimp. That's right. Put a logo on the, because we have a blimp. That's we have right. A blimp? That's right. Wait, we have a, yeah, yeah of we course. have a blimp. Uh-huh. Uh, submarine, all kinds of stuff. Were those they, just but, mm-hmm. toy things or were those in the cartoons ever? Like I think they were incorporated in there at a certain point because, like, the main point of the show eventually was to just, like, sell, sell toys. toys. Yeah. yeah. You know? And guess what? It worked. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think eventually what happened is that they realized they could make just infinite amounts of toys. Like, I had, like, rapper Leonardo and Donatello. Oh, man. With (laughs) giant, like, they look like Flavor Flav. Like, (laughs) the most ridiculous shit where it's like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe they did this. Like, Raphael, he's got a boom box. Mm -hmm. God, I feel like I remember that. I had those that like, every sport you can imagine, like yeah, they made them in football gear, baseball gear, basketball. It was wow, they really went for it. It was like mm-hmm. just like Batman, where it's like 
this Batman's costume's made out of laser, and <laughs> it makes no sense. So like, that's the one. That is oh literally the one. Hell yeah. yes, guys at home. This is uh, yeah. This looks like Michelangelo. He's got Mike, like that's yep. He's got like a clock. On the chain. I think it was Rappin' Mike is what they called him. Rappin' Mike, yeah. It says rap on his, on his pants, even. Ooh, of course it that, does. Yeah. That so second P is very important. <laughs> make sure, make yeah. sure you got that. He also has, like, triangle sunglasses, which I really dig. Uh, and a turtle the, shell hat. Of course. Uh, it has, like, texture on there, which is pretty rad. I actually buy Hol- that hat. That's kind of neat. Holy shit. One of his, like, musical instruments is, um, well, it's a, a set of nunchucks yeah. mm-hmm. that has... Yeah, that set of nunchucks that are chained uh, uh, microphones. Yep. Yep. Really, and oh, I think he has, he's got the, the ones, the ones and the twos. He's got his, his yeah. little uh, DJ accessories. I think someone had a keytar. I can't remember oh, which I one. I love a keytar. Had a keytar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's rocking. I had obviously a, a shitload of Ninja Turtle figures. Um, one of my favorites was Hothead. Do you remember Hothead? He was a, a dragon. Okay. And he had a little, it was either a button or a switch, and his neck, like, shot out and <laughs> extended just so it was longer. Like, that was the, that was it. That's, it, the, his, that's the shtick. His neck got longer. Yeah, he was from, uh, from the comics. The, uh, the was Archie he? comics. Yeah. I remember that. Archie Hell, comics? Yeah. He was one of yeah. my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in the, uh, the late 80s, early 90s, Archie, like, licensed the uh, the turtles uh-huh. yeah so like Mirage was publishing the original comics and then Archie was doing like a more kid friendly version of it and like the first few issues started off as being like adaptations of the show but then it like moved on and had its own mythology hmm. where uh, Raphael uh, fucked a female fox um, <laughs> wow it was like it took it a turn between the the panels yeah, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah you can, uh, yeah. You can yeah. infer and wet dreams ooh this is, emphasis uh, on fur. Hothead. There's Hothead. Yeah. This is, mm-hmm. I love all the stuff on this. This is the actual like uh, blister pack thing for it. It says for new for 92, five year anniversary figure series, which is rad with extra extending neck action. There you go. This guy. And his, his quote is I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll burn your face off. <laughs> <laughs> so I, awesome. I would have been, I would have been eight when that came out. Awesome. And I, I specifically remember Man. my friend, Jeremy Johnson and I, playing Ninja Turtles and building this is going to sound like total bullshit but it's 100% <laughs> true we built a oh, <laughs> a giant hotel out of Lincoln Logs I'm, and I'm down Jeremy and I played I don't know why the hell but Hothead was the owner of this hotel <laughs> It like it, it, seriously, it was like a giant like resort complex with like multiple houses. I had a shitload of Lincoln Logs, obviously. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why we would have done this, but I specifically remember Hothead being the manager of of the the resort hotel um, because he was my favorite at the time. Did you like? Were you playing like a commerce game? Were you like just <laughs> checking in guests and stuff? I think like? so. Yeah, I don't know why, but I, I, I remember. Books. I remember it was a hotel. But like. <laughs> Welcome to the hotel, rapping Mike. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, good imagination, you know. You really went somewhere different. Yeah, I guess maybe I was like, we've got to do something different than just these guys fighting. Like, there's got to be something else. Yeah. Jeremy. (laughs) Don't they have a day job? (laughs) This guy clearly runs a hotel. Where does he get all of his gear? He's got to make some cash. 
Yeah, that is I mean, fantastic. it makes sense, yeah. honestly. It was very, you know? very specific. Mm-hmm. I missed out on Damn. a lot of toys, apparently, and some good hotel games. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had some Ninja Turtle toys, and I was definitely a fan. There's, like, a picture of me wearing, like, a like plastic nose piece and arm and, and leg gear or whatever Amazing. that I got for some Christmas or birthday, right? Uh, but I, I think I missed out on some of the action figure stuff. Like, I had friends that had, like, the, the, the one Brent was talking about earlier, like, the turtle bus or whatever. Yeah, um, that was pretty rad with like the pizza van. shooter, the Steven. van. Sorry, it's a van. Wow, van. come on. That's, I didn't have it. I'm sorry. You know what? I have to go. I have to go. Wow, I really. That was the end of the friendship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Audio, adios. It. it doesn't take much, honestly. I had a uh, a Ninja Turtle like CSI kit. <laughs> Amazing. This, this is no shit. I it was, but they didn't call it that. It was yeah, like yeah. Ninja Turtle chemistry or science or something, and it came with these yeah. like tweezers and like little petri dishes and a belt to put all the shit on i'm gonna see Mm -hmm. if i can find because it was literally like i i desperately wanted to to do some science obviously (laughs) i was a a weird kid um you you went down every rabbit hole of ninja turtles like you were like they were rappers and football players and hotel owners and csi obviously they're science (laughs) they they do science yeah man it's like you it comes with a little black light that you shine on the wall and you find some turtle skeet (laughs) and you're like smells like pepperoni definitely michelangelo michelangelo came in this room i'm trying to i i'm having a hard time finding it because i don't even remember how to search for it (laughs) um I'm looking at the back of one of these blister packs that has like a bunch of the other characters. I've, I'm really like I've never heard of these things. Uh, for one, there's the turtles logo and the foot logo, and the turtles one says we're looking for a few good mutants, and the foot mm-hmm. one says, "Hey kids, want to take over the world?" Oh I love wow! It. They just go straight for it, right? Yeah. But there's Monty Moose. I remember Monty. Yeah, dressed up like a Mountie because obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sergeant Bananas. I remember. Which, yeah, oh I yeah, had Sergeant yeah. Bananas. Had a, so did I. Yeah. Uh, Space Usagi. Yep. Oh yeah. I Usagi, remember Space yeah. Usagi. Um, yeah. Uh, PandaCon. That's a pretty cool one. Actually. I remember Panda. It's His armor cool. looks just like a samurai's armor. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and they're really tiny on this picture, but it's uh, it's pretty rad. Uh, yeah. And then Ace Duck. I feel like I had Brent Ace has, has mentioned Fuck Ace yeah. Duck before. I also Hell had yeah. Ace uh, this month. Usagi, yo, what is it? Yojimbo. Yo, Yojimbo. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on there. I only learned about that recently through Brent. Oh, mm-hmm. I missed out on You're that. You're welcome. Too. You're welcome. Yeah, <laughs> man. There's just uh, a the lot. The important things. Mm-hmm. That's right. Look, don't float your Donatellos and learn about Usagi Yojimbo. That's yeah, right. There you go. Um, so through that conversation, uh, 16 minutes, uh, close to 30 seconds deep, I think we've finally got a sync word. And I, I can't think of a better one than Hothead Hotel. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> wow, that's perfect. Hothead right? Hotel. Okay. That's right. <laughs> All right, so let's sync on three. All right, with Hothead Hotel. One, two, three. Hothead hot hot Hotel. Hotel. Love it. Fuck yeah. I just I can't I can't get over it because I just imagine you being like, Mom, I need some paper. I need to write down invoices. <laughs> I got guest checkouts coming up. We got the man. I need in. triplicate. I need triplicate. <laughs> Rapper Mike keeps trying to pay pay with Canadian money, and it's not accepted here. We've been over this. That's it. Yeah, it's actually when I learned what the word concierge meant. <laughs> <laughs> 
like you, you said it without knowing what it was, and you learned, like you taught yourself. Yeah. Well, you, you just you absorb those kinds of things. Like yeah. you're sure. if yeah. you're deep in, and somebody's like, "Can you tell me where the concierge is?" Like out of context, <laughs> that means nothing. But if somebody asks, "Hothead." Oh God. <laughs> Where's the concierge? And then Ace Duck is like, that's right, I need the concierge as well. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, Quack, quack. Uh, I'm back from a long trip. (laughs) It all makes sense. (laughs) That is fantastic. L-P-A-M.